Ooh, I'm Eagle. Eagle Gardens. Eagle Gardens 1 on Instagram. And this is Fucking Talking Shit with Eagle. This is episode 292. Holy cow. I think I got that right. <laughs> Welcome. Hopefully you guys have had an amazing Sunday. We've got a great episode ahead of us tonight. We have Dead Cynic with us. That's me talking in the background. How you doing? How am I talking in the background again? There we go. Sorry about that, Dead Cynic. Oh, no worries. I love to mess things up a little bit. How you doing? Tell us how you doing and where we can find you, brother. I'm doing pretty good, sir. Thank you for having me on tonight. Hope everyone is having a great weekend and a good Sunday. Um, I'm primarily on two platforms. So my main platform is YouTube. I like to think that I run an educational page where we do kind of like explanations on glass and deep dives on artists and stuff like that. We also do kind of live streams sort of akin to what you do, brother. We just get on, we hang out. Um, I actually... I'm kind of a drinker, so we take some shots, we take some dabs, and we just have a good time. And then you can find me on Instagram. Um, everything's under the same name. I go by Dead Cynic everywhere, so you just type in Dead Cynic and I'll pop up. And on there, that's more the quick check-in day-to-day when I'm not posting content on the YouTube so that everyone can just see what I'm up to. What days uh, do are you broadcasting? Is there a certain days you go live there, or certain we days were, you put up content? I was trying to kind of get it down to a science, brother. At one point, we were doing one live stream a week, along with one video. Like I would post about an artist or some glass, and then we would do a live stream and maybe just hang out. Those days kind of got away from me, so it's not really like a set schedule anymore. But I'm trying to get back to it. One of my, like one of my longest standing subscribers, he recently changed his work schedule. So his day off is on Sunday. So I'm thinking probably going to change my stuff to where we do the live stream on Sunday so that the people that usually come and hang out, they can still come hang out. So I'm thinking we're going to start probably Sundays on the live stream and then probably Fridays for the regular video content. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. I oh, actually man. hit it a little bit of a milestone today as a content creator, one content creator to the other. You may appreciate it. And with these guys' help here in chat, uh, I actually crossed 2,000 subs today. I couldn't yeah. believe it. That's pretty stoked about that, to be honest with you. That is pretty awesome, brother. Definite cheers to that. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and pour up a shot. We're going to take a shot of some wild turkey. Celebrate you getting over 2K. Right on. Boy, that wild turkey. I, I'm not a drinker. I'm not a drinker. But I was at one point. And wild turkey brings back some crazy memories. Of some of which, most of which I cannot talk about on the air. Because the wild got into me. Oh, yeah, that 100 proof, brother, you know, you only need a couple of shots, and then you're chilling. So that's that's what I like about it. You don't need a whole lot. So I'm, I'm curious, um, and I know that I'm the guest, so I probably shouldn't be asking the questions, but how long have you been, because I know, shit, you're almost 300 episodes in. So how long have you been making videos and doing fucking talking shit with eagle brother i'm curious so this is where why the 2000s so uh kind of cool 
is I, you know, I've been putting out small videos, a little bit of, you know, hash videos for a long, well, a few years, but it was, it was nothing, you know, that was very, it, realistically, it was nothing. And then it was like uh, about two years ago, yeah, roughly two years ago, uh, the guys over there at Michigan Bros Grow Show approached me on doing like a spotlight on me and it ended up turning out to be like a weekly gig. So I was hanging out over there at Michigan Bros Grow Show Sundays every week for almost a year. And then uh, last year, February, almost a year now, uh, my body sub passed and I kind of went through a rough spot kind of didn't want to go through social media anymore. I was ready to hang it up. And then for, I don't know what made me start doing this, but I started doing this in March. All those 292 episodes are from March. I had 124 subscribers when I started this in March. So when you, when you're a good host brother and you make good content, I mean, it is, that's what it is. When I did, uh, we did a, an experiment on my channel called the insomniac session. My goal was to go live one, once a day, every day for 30 days. So that started out as an experiment doing that. And we would get on around like 10 30, 11 30, and we would just go until whenever, like when people got tired of talking or when I got tired i would check out for the night but we have like a couple of uh entries that are like eight hours long so that's awesome and that's really cool that your community responded and it's funny that you say like the first episodes that you did or the first videos that you put out they weren't nothing i think all content creators think like that because i definitely feel the same way about mine like when i first got onto youtube and i was posting videos it wasn't educational or informational in any way shape or form like i just fixed the camera on the piece took a fat rip and then logged out like there was no me talking or anything because i just wanted to show people the glass collection and then probably like two years after that i was just thinking like you know what why not make a how to pick a dab rig video and the community responded and you know here we are Hey, there's a lot to be known about glass too. There's, a, you know, I'm so scared to own a piece. So that piece you showed up earlier, I, I was looking at that and I was like, it's beautiful, but man, I couldn't trust myself to own it. I would be just scared to even look at it. So, cleaning it, I'm not even gonna lie, brother. Cleaning it can be a pain in the ass because when you get the alcohol and the salt in it, and you gotta you gotta shake it and get all the different angles, you're just kind of ah uh, so. Cleaning is definitely like a, a chore and I try and make sure that I do keep it fairly clean so that I don't have any crazy globs or anything I got to work out of it. But um, just for the homies that are watching, what I was showing Brother Eagle earlier, if you guys have ever played video games or you're familiar with Mario, you know, this thing pops out of a pipe and tries to eat you. And then going up to the base, we got a couple of ganja leaves. I like to think of it as a sativa on this side. It's a little lankier. And an indica on this side. It's a little chubbier. Got a nice fat drip right there where you put the bowl in. And then uh, coming around this side, we've got a bullet bill. And I think, so brother, my favorite thing about this rig is actually this vine right here. It's kind of sticking out. 
So as a glass collector, my big thing when I had it made was I wanted it to be able to hold marbles. So you can just put different marbles on there. And I think that's probably one of the, out of all the crazy shit that's on there, that's where I nerd out. And I'm like, that is my favorite thing. But yeah, this is the piranha plant. And I've had, this is actually, so to your point, brother, about like being nervous with pieces, this is the second version of this piece because when I originally had it made, it was a lot smaller. And specifically, again, one of the things that I asked for was a vine that could hold marbles, but it didn't have one. So I actually sent it back to the glass blower to get altered, but I didn't wrap it up good enough. So when it got to him, it was in pieces. And as shitty as that kind of was, I was in a place where I could afford another one. So I asked him, I was like, hey, Give me a good price. Let's redesign it and make it just bigger and better. So this thing is like twice the size of the old one. And it is, it's a really neat rig. Yeah, that has been heartbreaking to hear that it was all busted up when it got there. You know, I've heard, can they fix stuff like that? I mean, when you get into like, say, the nicer pricier glass like that, can it be fixed? I mean, it's could so they have fixed it? That just depends on the level of the breakage, brother, because like um, the ganja leaves that are on here, this leaf, the indica leaf, is actually a piece from the old one that didn't get shattered or anything. So if it's a clean break, like let's say, God forbid, let's say like the neck snapped right here in the middle, but the rest of the piece was okay, they could totally rejoin it and fix that. That's not a problem. But if let's say the base shattered having to reconnect all that and remake the vines we might as well do another piece so it it is possible to repair a piece but it also depends on the level of breakage because there is stuff where it's just like you shatter a piece that's it well that's kind of good to know because there's some pieces where i broke a couple i've still got a spoon over there that i was signed up that I let break. It took so many bounces, but you know, it's it was a clean break. And if I could have it fixed, I'd much rather have it fixed than just throw it out. Oh, sure. totally, brother. And so after the live, I will actually send you the link to a couple of glass blowers that I know that do repairs on other stuff. And yeah, if it's something off of the base or if it's the ground joint where the, the down stem goes in and it's a good clean break, they'll totally fix it. That's good news. That's good news. Because you know, you I ain't telling you nothing. You you get attached to pieces. You know, you smoke out of that piece for long enough, man. It comes. You know, you have a moment with it many times, and it sucks to see it break, man. Your daily driver, your bedside buddy, like, and even like sentimental stuff, a rig that you might get as a gift from a friend, or like that might get handed down to you from a stoner buddy that taught you how to smoke it. Like, yeah. Glass definitely can take on kind of a sentimental feel to it. And there's there's pieces that I like more than others. And the crazy thing about that is when you get into custom glass, sometimes it doesn't even have to do with the actual piece. And you'll look at like a rig and you'll think of the experience you had with the glass blower and you'll just be like, fuck it, I'm just going to skip that one for now. So yeah, there's definitely stuff that gets attached to glass besides just the way that the glass looks. That's for sure. All right, I'm going to shut up and we're going to take this first shot now.
Cheers, Red. Cheers. Yeah, I've got some uh, pretty long videos myself. Uh, I'm no stranger to long content. I think actually, I, I I didn't invertly try to set out to set some records this year, but I think I did. Uh, 420, actually 420, we went 24 hours solid. And it, for me, it was actually 26 hours. I was on, because I did the bro show before 420. So I had like 26 hours of being live and smoking weed on, on camera. And YouTube smacked me down for that because the file was too big and uh, it, it went over the allotted time. So I learned that, well, I learned from that after like two months of it just hanging in process. I was sitting there every night going, come on, post, and it wouldn't post. And for months, it didn't give me an answer. Then randomly, it was like, this video won't post. Wow. So now it's lost. They actually got a copy of it. I don't have a copy of it. I'd like to be able to get it back, but we can't. So what I learned from that is, you know, you have to go, well, 12 hours is the limit. And that's you're kind of pushing it. you got to kind of check out a little bit before that. So Thanksgiving, we went, did another 24 hours, but we busted it up into three shows. Just, you know, check out, go to the bathroom, kind of come back, load it back up. And that worked out pretty well, but not, you know, as long without a break. And then we did a Christmas episode, too, where we went 24 hours plus. And I actually made it, I did a hash video in September where we made, me and Boom Farms made hash on the air. And we had a couple other uh, really respected hash makers, DK420 and... uh or D420K, that's right. I always fucked it up. And uh, Smokey the Bear 2.0 here in Michigan, another respected artist. So they were asking questions and whatnot, and me and Boom were making hash in two different methods. And that episode actually went 12 hours, just under 12 hours of solid making hash out the air. Well, brother, I tip my hat to you. I thought I was cool with my two fucking eight-hour streams, and you got... 24 hour streams over here that's amazing but that and that that goes to the community and to the guests that you have though like when you have the chemistry and people are asking questions and you're just vibing the content makes itself so that's that's fucking awesome you know what you know what's to be said about that too is you know i was uh, at some aspect i was just starting out at 420 i had a few shows under my belt but I pulled in a lot of favors and I called in all my YouTuber friends and it was like, so it had like, it was kind of a celebrity ish, you know what I'm saying? And it did pretty well, but I'm telling you, I'm here to tell you, I don't know if it's because the show dragged on, you know, more time under the belt, but the four, the uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas episodes, hands down where it was just the community, us, chiming in all day long going hands down turned out to be better than the the star episode if you will and uh yeah it was more fun and it just did better the response from the community all around and the, so the crazy thing about that brother is the reason why is because people don't turn 
really tune in for the guests. That's part of it, but they tune in because they enjoy the host. So a lot of that came that like, that's why they do better is because people tune in, you know, for us. And that's a crazy thing that I've tried to wrap my head around is like, I, I tried to do a lot of collabs last year. They ended up kind of falling through and I just ended up doing a lot of solo content. And a lot of the comments I ended up getting was, dude, we kind of prefer just you anyway. So it's weird how your core audience reacts. And like, it's, it's pretty humbling to know that there are people that tune in just because they want to hang out with us. They want to smoke a couple bowls with us. And it is, it's what I've kind of considered the live streaming is almost like an extended sesh. You know, I can't go and visit your grow in person because you're on the East coast. I'm on the West coast, but this is a great way for us to blaze and to hang out and to chill and have a good time together. So I think that that has really, and especially now with all this crazy shit going on in the world, it's been a way for us to just sesh together and be able to hang out and vibe. And I think that's pretty cool. It is, it is. Are you able to watch chat? Have you got chat brought up? Oh, you know what, Brett? I've so my bad. I've never been on Zoom before. I see that there's a button here for chat. My bad. I'm clicking it right now. Well, well, that that button is just a chat between us. That's just oh. kind of uh, like you know, if you got to talk about things, what you want to talk about next or whatever. I don't use it, but I was there for that reason. Gotcha. You can either uh, bring it up on like uh, YouTube under the Eagle Gardens, or if you look up in the top probably left-hand corner, it'll say live on YouTube. If you click that link, it's a view stream on YouTube. It'll bring it up in another window. I'll pull it up right now, brother. And then we'll, so I got that muted. All right. Uh, And my bad, if anybody was asking me questions, I couldn't see shit because I was (laughs) first time on Zoom. My bad, guys. Um, Much love to everybody joining. I, okay, so I can see the chat now. You know, you know what it was, brother, is I really, I'm a big fan of the real time that you get when you, because I, I know that I can tune in, like right now I'm looking at the YouTube between you and me and there's just that little bit of lag. So I enjoy being able to, you know, actually interact with you real time. But yeah, totally. I will go back and forth and I will try and keep track on the uh, chat in case I miss any uh, questions. You don't have to. I just encourage it just in case you see somebody you want to say hi to or you there is a question that I miss. I try to stay on top of that. Well, or moreover, sometimes uh, I like to have you, the guests, have it brought up because there's a lot of times, even though it's me and you, it's them too. And there's times where like we're talking and like say, I'll feel, I will personally feel things are going too well. You know what I mean? To be trying to source questions out of chat. But then again, you may see the question and want to answer it. You know what I mean? I got you. So that's why I prefer, you know, because just because I may neglect it, it may be something that you feel that you want to address. Awesome. Well, okay. So apparently there's a way for like Zoom kind of minimizes itself. So I can still see you real time and keep a track and keep track of the chat. So that's dope, that, that works. Um, I guess who I would want to send a shout out to just right off the bat, even if they're not in here, but they are in here, is my brother Bingus because he was the one that kind of 
put us together and he's a very good friend of mine and i mean i always love having him on the channel the last stream that we did together was the traveling glass show once a year i'll get on his channel and we'll go through all of the glass that i've accumulated so far and uh we always have a lot of fun so yeah much love to my brother bingus thank you very much for recommending me to brother eagle because now here we are together and much love to everybody else that's hanging out i really appreciate you guys coming through and uh, I hope you feel like seeing some glass because I'm going to pull out some pieces to show to Brother Eagle tonight. So, yeah. Of course. And uh, we look, Bingus has been a lot of fun. I'm glad that uh, Bingus happened to stumble on the radar this year because he is a great dude. And he's, he's one of the panel favorites. I have, you know, I had, that's not even by my words, that's by theirs, you know, from what I've seen in chat. And, uh, he is. He's very well-spoken. He's got that a nice, like, radio voice where it's just fun to listen to. And he, he just, he's just fun to interact with all around. I'm glad he pops in as much as he does, that's for sure. Absolutely. So, actually, before, before I take the first dab, brother, let me go ahead and grab another, one more piece. So, as, okay, I know I can see that you are a grower. Do you dab much? I've got a rig right here. Mine's not nearly as fancy as yours are, but oh. mine are more like dispensable. I've already, I actually was using a damn straw forever. And they, the show was like, everybody in the community was like, dude, because it was like this. Okay. <laughs> this oh, yeah. was my dad. And they were like, they were like, dude, you can't be dabbing every night like that. So they they try they tried to set me up with a rig and Sungrown Seven O Kazoo gifted one to Sungrown Seven O Seven. Sungrown Seven O Seven was the next one on the show. He says I've got too many pieces. I've got enough of them. Eagle. I want you to have one because you know it's a shame watching you dab every night out of that damn straw. So he gifted it to me and they sent it to me and I you know as much as I hated to admit it, I was like, I, I really like the ring. <laughs> I really like the ring. It's a lot more, more tastier, and then I broke it right on air on accident. And it was, I said, that's it. That's it. I'm, I'm done. But I couldn't go back, so I went and bought another cheap remote rig. So I got a little e-nail here and a little rig. I've they changed they changed the experience, brother. And uh, I, I really I really dig dabbing. And so my my particular position is I live with some roommates, and the roommates that I live with, they actually don't smoke at all. So when you're a stoner and you smoke herb, it kind of permeates the walls. But dabbing is a little bit different. So I I kind of dab a little bit more just because it's more conducive to the house that I'm in. But I mean, yeah, I got a quartz straw right here, brother. I know all about taking dry dabs. And I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but I guess adding, having that little bit of water filtration and being able to get that chug out of your rig, it really does change the experience. And dabbing out of a rig is very nice. Well, I know the glass straws are nice. Don't get me wrong. The glass ones aren't that bad. I had broke about five or six of those in a row and then finally went to this this, this thing. It, it 
and this is what I've talked about. This thing is the silicone and the shape and the fucking titanium. Titanium, just, yeah. It never, never tastes good. It's indestructible, but it doesn't taste very good. So uh, I was like, eh. so yeah, there's a huge difference between this and a dab or a dabber for sure. For sure. So. And, you know, I, I thought I was doing myself a favor by, our, like, using that. I was more, like, stretching out uh, my extracts. But I didn't find that to be true. You know, I thought the dab break would be like a roller. You ever do that when you, like, go from rolling the joint to a roller? You watch your supply go right down. I thought that was going to be the case with the rig, but it really wasn't. Uh, what I found out was, you know, the same amount, a little bit of, I was using with the straw, I would throw in that rig if it's, and I guess this is the key, if it's nice and clean, yeah, I'm, I'm like hitting that thing like three or four times before I can like clear that out where the straw, I was just getting it one and everything else was just kind of like, I don't know, I don't know, a lot better, a lot better high. Absolutely, brother. You get so more flavor. I feel like a better high. And yeah, I mean, there's just the adding the water. It gives you gives you a lot more. Uh, brother Bingus is asking for the apple. So, okay, brother Eagle, there was um, a fella on Instagram that I found. His name is Grime Glass. And his particular style of art really struck me because he would not like on a regular basis, but some of the rigs that he would make that were like kind of known for his art was like a poison apple from Snow White. And I hit him up to get a custom from him. And I should probably start by saying, as far as glass goes, I have, um, I'm very particular to a specific color called slime, which is a really bright green. So when I hit him up for my apple, I noticed that the green that he was using was kind of like a pea soup green. Like it was really dull. And I asked him, I was like, dude, when you make mine, it's got to be in slime. So I have this poison apple. And I think that it's probably one of the more, like aesthetically, it's pretty dope. And I would say it's one of the headier pieces that I have, even though it's one of the smallest ones. So I'm going to break it out. For the bingus, thank you for requesting it. Always happy to oblige. Oh, you got everybody wanting to see now. <laughs> They're all going, let's see, let's see. So let me pull up so I can actually see what's going on here. So this right here would be my toxic apple. This is by far, Brother Eagle, the smallest rig that I have in terms of how much water you can put in it. But I mean, it's just, it's dope. Like it's a fucking toxic apple. So I really like the way that how bright the green is, how it pops. And it's just, it's a really neat rig. So do you find like certain colors or is it just glass or more durable than others? Is that something that, is, that could be? You know, what's crazy brother is that there's actually, oh, and this is a great, Example, when I first got this piece, the glass blower, let me take this keychain off real quick. The glass blower told me that they realized while they were making it that 
the slime and the red really don't work that well together. So it's kind of interesting because all the different types of glass like have their own personalities. And when I got this, like, there's been some issues with this piece. When I first got it in, there was a huge crack that went from the weld right here all the way down and then it came around and it was very, very noticeable. And I sent it back to him at least like twice to get fixed. And to his credit, he did fix it. And this is a dope fucking rig now. But well, I remember like the second time I sent it back to him, he was like, dude, I honestly, I think it's just the colors. They don't really like each other. They don't mix well. So I'm doing the best that I can, but you know, this, this might be a thing. And so that's, it's kind of been a crazy journey, like on my end, brother, because I'm not a glass blower, but I have definitely learned a lot about the medium, just like working with artists and doing custom projects. Because some of the stuff that I asked them for, like they haven't tried before. They're asking what your website is. Is there any way you can drop a link to the website in your chat? Oh, absolutely, guys. So what I would say, and this is going to be everything that we're going to talk about and everything that I'm going to show on camera tonight, you can find on Instagram. So as far as the artist that made this little guy right here, the Toxic Apple, you can find him by going to Instagram and typing Grime Glass in. So I'm going to put bam, and then we'll put the actual at symbol on there to make it really easy. So if you just check on the chat, guys, you'll see my name in there and we'll, I will have put it in twice. So on Instagram, it'll be under Grime Glass. And yeah, that is, this is Brother Bingus's favorite rig. And I got to say, it's pretty heady. I really like it. So let me ask you a question as a collector too. Which do you prefer as a, uh, a your preferred method to dab out of a larger rig that has multi-chambers or a smaller rig like yay? Because when I went back to... Uh, by the rig, like say I when I first got the initial one, it was nice, and then I ended up putting uh, other chambers on it. I started stacking shit, and fucking. It was, and I liked it. You know, the more I stacked on, I was like liking the filtration, and but uh, then I broke it, right? And then I went back to buy another rig, and I bought the littler one first by price. And then I went back and I bought the larger one. And what I kind of find out was, even though the larger one's got more water filtration, I found out I think I like the smaller rig better. It seemed like it was like more concentrated. I was getting more of a heavier hit from the little rig than I was the bigger rig. You're absolutely correct, brother. So I would um, let me grab let me grab another piece, and we'll we'll talk about that. Okay, so like this, and I'll pull this up so that I can actually see myself. So my bad, everybody in the chat, I'm not gonna be able to see you for a second because I need to be able to see what I'm showing you guys here on the camera. Um, this right here is a great example of how simple you can make a dab rig and yet have it be super effective. Um, this is Bubbles and this was made, 
This is a concept that I had somebody make because I wanted a bigger version of my bubble cap. So when you take a dab and you, you know, you have your nail, you put your bubble cap on the nail and swivel it around so that you get your milk. And this was one of the first custom bubble caps that I ever had made. So it just, it had a really special place in my heart. And I always had this idea, what if we made it bigger and made a small dab rig out of it? So I, was, I had actually asked the people that made this, it was a husband and wife uh, combo. And I had asked them for maybe like a year to two years because they've made like three or four of these little guys for me because you get stoned, you drop shit, it happens. But um, I asked, I kept asking them, hey, can we make this bigger and make it a rig? And literally they kept telling me like, nah, that's too hard. So when I got together with the gentleman that made this for me, this guy has made about five or six rigs for me already. And when I gave him the idea of enlarging this and just making it a piece, he was like, oh, totally, dude. And this is what we came up with. So I actually keep the bubble cap right there in the ground joint so people can make the comparison and see that this is the it's just a bigger version. And what I'll say, brother, is that I enjoy dabs out of this just as much if not a little bit more than dabs out of this, because when you do have less chambers, like this is a dual uptake recycler. So these two big vines right here, they actually move water. And this guy, there's no recycling action at all. There's just a two hole dippy down there that just blast bubbles out. And so I do feel like when you have smaller surface area and it's just a quick, that dab goes from the nail to your lungs, you do get a little bit more out of it. Um, having said that, what I like to do when I do break out big rigs is big dabs because they seem, they seem big rigs seem to be built for big dabs. Um, but yeah, there, there, is, there is a difference. And I feel like you do get more flavor sometimes out of the simpler setup. I agree with Australian grown. It is not fun to clean the, I call it the red menace, but the piranha plant, it fucking makes me nervous. And I got it. It's definitely something where I got to think about it. I got to make sure that my cleaning space is all cleared out and shit. So it's, it's a chore. And yeah, when you have, this is probably like the most the the rig with the most stuff going on most of the time i try and keep my stuff pretty simple but yeah this one is not fun to clean and having said that let's go ahead and take a fat dab out of it guys i think i will even maybe try to sneak in the dad song So, Brother Eagle, I'm curious, you you have experience with dab rigs. Do you have any experience with recyclers? No, not really. Not really. I'm like, I'm, I'm still the old school smoker that's just breaking into like the dabs. I've done them, you know what I mean? But I'm just getting in the area where I'm owning a dab rig, all that fun stuff. I'm definitely 
So, brother, I've been collecting since I was like 18, 19. Like, I definitely know all about nice and simple, just keeping it old school. This is, this was actually, this sour piece was a gift that was given to me by an old boss that I had. I was doing some construction work on a house with this guy and like two other dudes that were working under him. And he was about to leave California. And at the, that was probably like eight years ago. So he was going into a state that was not legal and he didn't want to deal with it. So he just like, here, dude, I'm going to give you my piece. This is probably the oldest piece that I have because sour has been around for a long time. But yeah, this thing is, uh, it's pretty dope and I still use it. You know, it's uh, I, I know big, big fan because before like, I guess what got me into glass was working at head shops. I spent a good deal of my early 20s working in various head shops. And so it was awesome being able to kind of learn about glass and try and figure out what something is as I'm cleaning it and being able to help other people figure out, you know, what's good for them as a patient. So, um, yeah, been, been collecting since I was about 18. And I've definitely seen the evolution especially with dabs like i remember i think i actually still have some brother um, titanium nails for dabs and not even not even on a dab straw you would put this on a rig i used to fuck with that shit so you know we i think it's good to um respect your history and we, def we definitely have all had to start somewhere. So I don't hate on anybody when they say that they use this or that, because chances are probably use it too. For real, I'm, I'm one of like the MacGyver type older smugglers back when we had metal pieces that like we could screw together. I don't, I used to have like a thing of parts and I would just like fucking break your set bonds and shit. Little storage chambers, little ash makers. Uh, those, were, those were some uh, of my favorite pieces to fuck with when I was working in the head shop because you could make it any which way. You could put two storage chambers so you could resonate some nugs on there. You could make an extra long one. Like, oh yeah, the metal pieces are dope. And I, it, everything has its place. You know, sometimes it's for the nostalgia and not necessarily for how awesome it works, but there's very cool pieces that maybe we don't use anymore. They're still cool. Like I remember yeah, when, actually, uh, I, oh, my bad, brother, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say I had a bond similar to the one you, the sour there you were showing. I just passed on to my oldest daughter about a year ago, who's 25, make it, you know, somewhat legit. She, she seen it, she's like, I'm like, you want that thing? She's like, can I have it? I'm like, take that thing. I hardly hit that thing anymore. Right? She took it, she loved it. She was smoking on that thing forever. She still got it. It's kind of funny to see it over at her place when I go to visit. I'm like, oh, that is too funny. <laughs> and that's I've awesome, got some right? Use on that thing. <laughs> Pass it on, yeah. and now she gets to enjoy it, and it's going to be special to her because it came from you. So, I mean, that's one of the awesome things about glass, definitely. All right. Um, 
Keep talking about taking this other dab. Before we take this dab, brother, I'm going to show one more piece. So another a, 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 a group favorite, I guess, on my channel would be this rig called Lucy. And I named it Lucy because I love Lucy. This was not the first custom that I got, but it was the first large custom that I got. When I hit up this guy to make a rig for me, I had seen another piece on someone's channel that I really liked the design. And I just had a couple of tweaks that I wanted to see if I could do. So I hit up this glass blower and I asked him if he could make the tweaks. And he was like, oh yeah, totally. And then after I paid him and he made the piece, he posted a video of it on his page. And when I saw it and I saw my name, like that he made it for me, I was like, oh fuck, is that the same thing that I asked for? And then I got it. And when I saw the box, I was like, oh shit. So this is Lucy. <laughs> and for a size comparison, this is a can of soda. So this is one of the larger rigs that I have. And Lucy got a fat ass because you fill most of that with water. And it's got, I tell you, Brother Eagle, it's got quite a mighty chug to it. So, yeah, this is this was the start of my big recycler collection. But altogether, I have probably about three good-sized recyclers like this. I have Lucy. Then I have the Red Menace, which is the one that I was showing everybody already, the piranha plant. Then I have one more called Marbles, which is because I love that bright green slime color, I had the guy that made this make me a similarly large rig, but with almost all the different colors of slime on it so that I could show people my favorite color. So, yeah. Um, Thank you guys all for joining us. I really appreciate Brother Eagle having me on and letting me rant about glass. I think we're going to take a nice fat dab out of this product plant. And Brother Eagle, I'm going to mute oh, my, my uh, mic just for a second here while I'm firing everything up, but I will make sure that I'm, I'm reading the chat. So when I come back, we'll, we'll hit some stuff up. Well, I'm going to play the dab song because... Uh... We, yeah, that's what we do. If you watch like EO or Embracing Organics or something, they've got the dab bell. Uh, around here, we've got the dab song if it'll play right. Let's do it. It's like playing like every other beat. What is up, dab song? It's like going, eh, eh, eh. That is hilarious. All right. Pretty loud. Uh, it's actually perfect time to heat up, take your dab. Uh, I think it's funny when digital music messes up. How does this digital, mu digital music like skip and shit like that? You think that's like physically impossible? It's that is crazy. Oh, that's what it's doing. It's going to my uh, different speakers. 
about 700 degrees we're going to let it cool down to about 560 then we're going to take a nice fat dab i was going to ask you what your temperature was <coughs> i usually try and take a brother somewhere around like 550 560 what are you dabbing up Right now, I have some cookie dough live resin. I don't know if it's going to focus. Sometimes it gives me some trouble there, but good looking live resin there. So we're on like 570, guys. Again, thank you very much, everybody chilling in the chat. Fat dab time. I'm almost uh, <coughs> 100, 100 degrees under here. I've got my thing set for uh, 444, 444. I like Ooh, you got those nice, tasty low temps going on there, brother. It's a fine line I found. Uh, what burns well? Does it seem to go more towards material and temperature versus a temperature you like? Is there a temperature where more you should be hitting rosin it? I like maybe a lower temperature versus like a um, BHO dab. You're absolutely right, brother. I definitely feel that the different consistencies hit better at different temperatures. So like if I had, if I had like a rosin, I would definitely want to hit that at the, like I would want to take that low temp because for one, since it's rosin, there is going to be a little bit more plant material in there. And if you hit that super hot, it's going to scorch the hook out of your bang. And because there's obviously less, I guess, distilling or um, however you would say it, there's not as much filtering that goes on. Once you squish that, that nug, as, as pure as it is, there's still a couple of wax, waxes and lipids and stuff that's, that's still in there. So you do get a little bit more material than you would out of, let's say, a BHO. So with something like a rosin, I would say, Low temp would be better just because it's that it's that kind of consistency. And then like if you're gonna hit, I have I'm saving this for my birthday, brother. My birthday is on January 29th. This is a full gram diamond of some face-off OG. I am going to throw that whole gram in a bucket and take a dab of it on my birthday. But the thing is, that's gonna have to be at like 620, 640 
to really melt everything consistently and effectively because that's a big fucking chunk of THCA. And to really like boil it all down and, and actually vaporize it, you're going to need some heat. So I would definitely take that hotter than I would uh, like some butters. I would probably take butters on the lower end of the spectrum towards like the low 500s. Um, so yes, to, to your question, I definitely absolutely think that the consistency change the kind of temperature that you should take the dab at. There's people that obviously they're going to like lower temp or going in hot and hurdy, but if you really want to get the most, I guess, flavor out of your dabs, there is a certain range that you would want to consider depending on your consistency. Well, that only makes sense, to be honest. I'm glad to hear that uh, that's correct. So I was I was kind of wondering that myself. It only made sense to me, but I was unsure of like numbers and stuff like that. So I said, like, you know, I, I've been smoking dead, but it's always been more over like when a buddy had a at an event or something like that never really worked I, i'm more of a old school old school type person I, I like my bubble hash i still you know i as as i do more dabs i still plan to when i make my ash just keep it as hash for you know i um, i like to smoke it in my joints and uh, i just like it but, I don't uh, think there's think anything they, wrong with that, brother. Hash is fucking amazing. It's very flavorful. It's very potent. And so, I mean, I like, I would, I would happily smoke a joint that had a nice little uh, hash worm in it. And I would totally like the thing about hash is you can dab that too. Just make it low temp because again, you're gonna have a little bit more plant material than more heavily processed stuff like BHO. So. As long as you dab it at the proper temperature, it's going to taste good. It's going to be super potent. Like, I'm I'm with you all the way, brother. And then, like, if you even took that a step further, if the yield is kind of low, but hashed rosin, even living in California, I don't go out of my way to buy it because this shit gets expensive, but it's fucking tasty, and it's really, really potent. So, I mean, when you when you have a taste for it, absolutely, it's just... I, and I would probably smoke more of it myself. It's just can't really put that on the budget as much as I can other things because it is it is a little bit more higher end even here in California. So yeah, it does it's a little bit if you're not a grower because that's the other thing is I don't I don't have a garden so it's not like I have personal that I can squish. For me, it's just too much of a taking it down, extract it to extract it extract you know, I feel like I'm just losing too much of the good stuff that I started out with for one too much work you know uh, I prefer I like the buzz of the, the hash for one and I but if I'm gonna get down to where I'm gonna start squishing stuff I think I'd rather squish the flower and as much as you kind of and a lot of people do kind of the fats and lipids I like I want that. I want that. I actually like butter. You know what I mean? That when I get an extract, it, it tastes so good. It goes a lot further. And, you know, 
cannabis works on fags. You know what I mean? This is my personal opinion. Cannabis THC works on fags. You know what I mean? So why do I want to take the fat out of it when I know the fat's what's keeping it in my system? <laughs> you know what I mean? So pulling fats out of it kind of to me is like, well, now I'm just doing more because the, the high isn't as long and lasting as I know it could be. I don't know. It just seems it's just No, I definitely see your point there, brother. And like I would say the high and I absolutely agree. The high that I'm gonna get from the diamond is gonna be different from the one that I get from the butter because you're gonna have that extra, the fats and the lipids in there. And they do add an extra experience to that. Um, and as far as hash goes, yeah, then you get a whole lot more. So I definitely, um, there is a difference. I think that it just comes down to availability because like if I was a grower, I would probably do more rosin ended stuff and not even really mess with BHO and processing it like that. And I would have a smaller yield, but I think that I would enjoy it more. So I'm with y'all right there, brother. And that's like, that's what I think is really neat. Even having this conversation with you is I can see the plants in the back. So I know you got stuff to work with and that's really cool. I've been able to process like once or twice and it was a lot of fun, but because I'm not a grower, sometimes it can be hard. Well, for one, I'm not like a business or anything. So it's not like people come to me, but <clears throat> because I don't grow, I don't have like a lot of material really to play with. So that's a cool situation. I think that you're in is you could do a couple of different things. You could keep it as bud. You can make it hash. You can make it in the concentrates. So growing is a pretty awesome thing to do. Oh, I, I suggest it to anybody if you can. You know, it it's one of those things. Have you ever grown? If you don't mind me asking. I, I don't, I'm not, it is what it is. I respect everybody. If you use the plant and whatever, you you know what, brother? I have I've had the opportunity to extract like two or three times, but I've never been in a living situation where I was able to grow myself. So it would be awesome. And I think that when I am in a place like that, I definitely am going to. But thus far, I haven't really been able to experiment. Um, I've helped here and there, like in other other people's gardens that are my friends, but yeah, I've never had my own personal garden, but I would like to for sure. Well, I ask because you know it's just one of those things, you know. I I've had a great time smoking cannabis both recreational and medically, but it really wasn't until I started growing the plant that I it opened up a whole new aspect of it, you know, a new just man, when I come in here, man, it, it brings out a whole new respect for the whole plan. I mean, what it does for you, how you use it, how you relate with people, uh, it changes the whole experience. It really does. And uh, hopefully, you know, at one point you can drop some plants in the ground and experience that too, because it is, it's, it's, it, it brings you so much closer to the plant. I mean, you just, when you go in the garden, you can lose yourself, you know, anxiety, whatever. 
it makes you want to dive deeper into how the plant's grown, what's going into it. You know, there's a lot of pluses, you know, that uh, when you start growing, how you how you treat the plant, you know, it is. It's, it's incredible. I suggest doing it. I suggest everybody do it. Yeah. Over, overgrow, as they say. The more the merrier. And I do plan on it, brother. Um, I love to read, so I actually have like a there's a shelf down here where pretty much half of that is not just growing marijuana, but how to build a super soil or how to compost properly or how to get beneficial bugs into your garden and, you know, equalize the good bugs and the bad bugs. So I have a love for gardening and I am looking forward to doing it. Just haven't been in a spot where I, I could yet. And I hear... Like, I, oh, not here, but I saw, like, Huncho Grown was saying, not even a small tent. Unfortunately, where I decided to go with my passions in the 42710 community was more collecting glass. So the money that I probably could have spent on a tent, I decided to spend on some custom stuff. And having, like, having said that, I was going to take a break from kind of buying rigs this year. So... I mean, we may, we may do a grow this year. I think that would be really cool to have my own personal to be able to process because what I thought was really cool, Brother Eagle, was the couple of times that I was able to blast and do some small batches of concentrates. I had a lot of fun working with the plant and, you know, figuring out what worked best and what temperatures did this and what brought out this and what got this taste and what got this taste and what made this consistency. So I, I definitely enjoy working with the plant and I would like to work with it more. Can't wait to, uh, can't wait. Hopefully it comes soon. Are you uh, in a place where you could grow outdoors? I mean, is that a possibility? <laughs> you know what, brother? I, if, if I had a tent, I could probably do a tent, but I live, so my homie has two Labradors and they're, they have full run in the backyard and they would just, I, it would probably not be a successful grow for very long. Like I might be able to get some sprouts or something, but once they found it, oh man, it would turn into edibles like that. But I'm, I'm hoping eventually that, so, yeah, I will, I will be in the spot where we can set something up and have a personal grow just because I do. I like, I like working with the plant. I like gardening in general. So it would be dope to grow my own personal stash. So, I mean, glass collecting can be expensive, brother. I mean, expensive. I mean, just a little couple pieces. I have, I mean, I when I went in shopping, they were like, "You want something cool like this?" And I was like, "What's the price on something like that?" And uh, they told me, and I I, I totally turned my back. I was like, "Yeah, no, we want to like walk out here." I'm like, "Nice, but yeah, I, I want to smoke." <laughs> so, uh, it, it I agree with you, brother. It absolutely can be. Uh, it can take a toll on the wallet. And so that's kind of why I like to do custom projects because that way they take on a little bit more of a 
kind of special place in the collection and I'm able to, and that's the thing, like it's, it's a bit of a compromise because when you're working with an artist, I'm, I'm not an artist myself. So it's not like I can draw out what I would like them to make. I can just give them the best description that I possibly can. And then they're going to do their best to, you know, make my vision a reality. And the compromise is, I know that they're not, they can't get a hundred percent what I'm thinking into glass, but most of the time people get pretty damn close. So I, I usually will find a, a glass blower, look at their work and see what their wheelhouse is, and then try to build a custom design in something that they already know how to make. And like a good example of that would be a slug that I have. One second, brother. So this little guy right here, I call old one eye because he's got that big old opal for an eye. And this was made by a gentleman in San Diego uh, called Drew B. Glass. And so actually let me go ahead and throw his name in the chat real quick. Bam. Oh, that's not it. I missed a letter, guys. Sorry. First one is not correct. There should be a B in there. There we go. Drew B. Glass. So this gentleman, his, his thing is making rigs in this shape, like this kind of creature. And when I hit him up, because my favorite colors are black and slime, my idea then was, okay, how do we customize his wheelhouse to make it the kind of colors that I want? And this is what we came up with. We went with some stripes. And I love how there's a black stripe right behind his eye. So it looks like a bandit mask. Like this, it came out beautiful. And it chugs hard because I asked him for a nice kind of wide can so you can fit quite a bit of water in there for what what size this is and I guess it would be yeah a little shorter than a soda can but this was uh this was under 400 bucks and having said that that's still kind of a lot of money for a piece of glass but it's a custom it's a one of a kind and I really I really enjoy it I thought it was a dope um I'm impressed how clean the color lines are and what I tell everybody brother is like I'm not special I work a nine to five like I've actually worked in mental health for a couple years now and so it's not it's not like I have a trust fund or anything like that I put money aside I see something that I like and then I hit up an artist and I say hey like what can we do and the cool thing is like you, you can get to a point like the gentleman, the gentleman that made this piece for me. I was saying earlier that he's made about six pieces altogether for me. Once we got to like piece number three, he started giving me some heavy discounts because I had already spent a, a good deal of money with him. So like you, it gets to a point where you build relationships with people and like I've hit <laughs> It's kind of crazy, actually, because that guy, uh, his name is Semi Glass. He's a really nice guy. It's got to the point where, like, I've been on a video call with him. 
he'll take me into his house and like we'll take a shot together with his family and then he'll go back out into his garage and he'll finish working on the piece and we'll talk you know we'll tweak it real time because he's got me there on a video call so it's kind of neat being able to deal with artists on a personal level like that and do custom projects and I feel like that's also a way for me to be able to justify to myself okay this is why I'm spending so much money on it because shit does get expensive so I feel like when it's a custom piece that you know makes it a little more special Oh, that's amazing. You know, if I were going to pay for a custom piece like that to feel so involved in the making of it would be real cool. I feel like I was like in, you know, part of the making of it, actual physical making of it. You know what I mean? I've had that type of attachment with it. That's really cool. Definitely, brother. And Jeff, he says, I bet it smashes the same as a $100 pipe. You know, I would say... Possibly, because there are some good $100 pipes out there, but I didn't buy it because, well, part of it was the function. I had seen the other pieces that he made, and I really liked the way that they bubbled up, but part of it is I want something unique that I can add to my collection, because as a collector, you get, and it's kind of like that, I imagine, with growing. There's certain brands, like, God rest his soul. When Subcool passed away, I'm sure that his genetics were very, very, and still are sought after because now they're quite, I mean, they're not coming back. So when you're a collector, there are certain things that you go after and you're willing to pay a little bit more money for. And like this little slug, as an example, not only is this an extra large version of the normal rig that he makes, I don't think he had ever put an opal that size on one before. So it was kind of a first in a couple of different things. And again, aside from it being custom, that makes it a little bit more special to me because I was able to challenge an artist and have him do something that maybe would have made him a little bit nervous. But now that he's done it, I mean, he probably puts bigger opals than that on pieces because he got comfortable doing that and he knew that he could do it. So I think it's really neat to be able to do stuff like that when you work with artists. Because, I mean, even this guy, when he made this rig, I, I had a lot of specific shit that I asked him for. And I, I was very detailed with what I wanted. And he knew my expectations were high because he'd already made a lot of stuff for me. So, yeah. Well, to be fair, though, I mean... Uh... They are pieces of art, and I'm sure they do have a resale. So it's not like, you know, as long as you don't break it, you could recoup your cash if you wanted. So it's not like it's just be, you know, smoked up, if you will, or it's a, a, a hobby without it. You're, you're absolutely correct, brother. I'm not the only collector out there, and there's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of Nintendo nerds that turned into old stoners that have already hit me up about this piece. And if I'm ever down to trade it or sell it, they're, they're waiting. So, I mean, yeah, there's, there is resale to it. It is, 
it is something that you could make money off of. I just do it because I have a passion for it, brother. And really, I throw it all back to my time in head shops. Like, I just was really happy being surrounded by glass and being able to help people find something that fit their budget and also fit what they needed as a patient. And that's kind of where the idea for my YouTube channel came from was I wasn't working in head shops anymore, but I still wanted to get information out to maybe like a new patient that was trying to figure out, you know what? I have a couple, I have 150 bucks. I want to get myself a new rig. What do I look for? So I just tried putting that into a couple videos and the community responded and here we are. So you ever thought about making that switch yourself and did you see yourself transitioning into a glass blower someday? Did you sell some torches? You know what, brother? I, uh, um, <clears throat> I would love to, but I don't have that artistic bug. Like I've always been a writer. I can't draw. And so I, it's kind of the same with like sculpting. I've watched glass blowers blow pieces and <laughs> how they start with a raw piece of glass. That's just a single, it's a rod that looks almost like um, a little bit like an oversized pencil, but maybe about like that thick. They'll start with a rod of just colored glass. And before you know it, they have this thing. And I don't like, I don't know how the fuck they got from A to B. So like I've bought books on glass blowing and I've watched them make stuff, but it's still to this day, brother, boggles my mind, like how they come up with like putting the little drips around the opal or putting the little bit of slime at the base and then at the top, like all these little things that come together in their artistic mind because they're on the fly. They're like, oh, you know what? I should, I don't know. Like, I just, I don't see that coming to me because I don't have that kind of brain that can put all that stuff together. And I, and to that point, I love watching it happen and I have an appreciation for it. That's why I, I collect so much, but like, I don't know if I'd ever really be able to do it. Having said that, never tried it before. And I have a buddy that recently bought a torch for glass blowing. He's been making glass pearls and little accessories. So I've been meaning to hit him up and maybe just try doing something small and like fucking around, maybe making a mini marble or something like that. But I have not been able to try it yet because aside from him, there haven't really been anybody with equipment like that for me to be able to hang out with. Um, Miss Cast was asking who made the cool Mario rig. I'm going to go ahead and throw that in the chat real quick, guys. That is my good friend, Semi Glass. And I promise I'm going to get the spelling right the first time. So you guys will be able to use that S-E-M-E -E Glass. If you go on Instagram and you type that into the search bar, he will pop right up. He's made a lot of stuff for me. He's a great artist. What I will say is he just got done moving. So he's setting up his... Basically, he turned his garage into his shop. So now that he's in his new spot, he's kind of outfitting his garage into his new shop. So I don't know if he's taking orders right now, but I'm sure he will be soon.
All right, brother. Yeah, it'd be a pretty, pretty badass time. I think that it will. I just wonder what I would make, brother. Because like you have to, you have to start somewhere. So I think I would probably try to make like some really simple marbles. Um, some people they try and make like their first projects are usually jellyfish pendants or spoons. I think. I would go for a marble just to make sure that I could do. Weedus, thank you very much for dropping the link. Weedus uh, actually put a proper link in the chat. So if you guys click on that, that will take you right to his profile. But yeah, I, I'm actually, aside from collecting rigs for the Eagle, I'm a big fan of collecting glass marbles. And outside of the fact that they fit on this guy, I just think that marbles are cool as fuck. Um, I, I see that's kind of stuff. When I look into the glass myself and start seeing designs and stuff in there, I'm like, that's where I start to get boggled. I'm like, holy fuck. You know, that's pretty, it gets pretty cool. Some of the shit you can really do with glass. And I don't know how many times I've picked up stuff and like, how the fuck do they do that? <laughs> how oh, the a, fuck do they do that? It amazes me every time, brother. And like, this, so this honeycomb marble is a great example. This is pure gold fume. So the only thing that's making this honeycomb is some gold flake that he threw into the glass and melted up and made these shapes with. Like, that is super duper cool. And I, again, like, I have no idea how they go from point A with just some gold flake and some glass to this, but it amazes me. It's like fucking alchemy. And I, I really, I really enjoy it. Pretty, pretty badass. Pretty badass. So do um, you have a pretty large collection of those as well? Marbles? Thus far, brother, I have probably, well, heady marbles. I want to say there's maybe like three or four. And then marbles altogether, I have about six. Um, heady rigs, we're going on about nine and me me particularly what i love and what i really started like collecting was bubble caps i'm a big bubble cap fan because i like to me it's like a better version of the domes from the nail and the dome sets that we used to dab off of because for a while the fad was getting a custom dome and now that we're on a different kind of setup the kind of thing is like getting yourself a custom bubble cap or a custom drop down. So I really like bubble caps and how customizable they are and what different people do with them. Um, one of my favorites actually is a really simple one. So this guy right here is just a moonstone. The color is moonstone. So that's that kind of milky bluish white. But what's awesome about it is that these guys encase a six millimeter opal sphere in the middle. And it's like, <laughs> it's gnarly because it's one of those things where you can get high and just kind of space out and turn this around in your fingers and just watch the colors kind of pop on the opal and just be like, damn. And it's, it's one of those things about collecting art. When you have, when you have a passion for it, you just start start collecting and like i really got into i had i was on an opal kick for a while so we got a couple pieces with some tumbled opals on them and i really 
They're really neat. So, you know, Bill Sid brings up uh, uh, something that makes me want to ask a question. It's like China glass. So, what's, what's, you know, you hear the stinks of like knockoffs or whatever. Is there a difference in straight up quality of the glass from, you know, a piece like you're showing me there and like a cheap, you know, knockoff or what's what's the difference between like a, a cheaper and expensive? Is there quality of glass? I mean, walk me through that. So I get confused. That's Is a great just moral to work into it. No, you're absolutely right, brother. Whoever asked that question is absolutely right. Hold on just a second and let me grab, because that's the thing is, it's not just custom pieces that I have in my collection. When I was working at Head Shop, I was buying shit. So I have pieces from back when I was working at the Head Shop and I have a couple of, I have, I have plenty of China glass. So let me grab a piece. The argument that I make for the Eagle for China glass is Wabasso says you get what you pay for. And on a level, that's absolutely true. On, on a level, you have to recognize that you do get what you pay for. And the argument that I always make for that is with torches. There are people that see me use this butane torch and they're like, ah, fuck butane torches. I've never used a good one. They all suck. But the only reason that is, is because they keep buying cheap $10 piece of shit torches from like the gas station and they don't actually invest in a half decent torch because sometimes when you want a quality piece of equipment you do have to spend a little bit more money and I would imagine that that even bleeds over into the growing and like buying your tents and your lights and your like everything on a level if you want to get quality results you also need quality equipment so this piece right here. This is a China replica of a company called Evil Empire. And this piece, if it was made by the American artist that originally make it, would be about a thousand dollars, brother. I got this on Amazon for 35. That's a huge fucking difference. And I would say, for one, I've never hit an Evil Empire piece. So I couldn't really say this hits about the same, this hits better. But what I will say is I have no problems with how this functions and how it hits. And I would say that even though it's not the original designers that made it, they did a pretty damn good job. What I think really, what it comes down to is there's good and bad in every industry because there's American glass blowers that make absolute shit there are China blowers that actually make some half decent stuff, but China has earned their reputation for selling shit because a lot of what comes out of there is a knockoff and isn't really well made. And part of that comes from just them rushing the process. A lot of China pieces aren't even annealed correctly, which is a process that you have to do to strengthen the glass and make sure that it can last those couple of taps. Otherwise, you're gonna get kind of a more brittle piece that, hey, it's that one drop and that's it. So you better take care of it. And I think there are there are China glass blowers that make half decent stuff, but the sea of bullshit that you have to kind of 
screen through to actually get there can be kind of, you know, annoying. And it, it does take a lot of looking before you do find a worthwhile China piece. But having said that, foreign glass isn't exactly bad glass. It's just not American. Like I have glass that's been made in Australia. I have glass that's been made in Canada. I have glass that's been made in Germany. And they're really good pieces. It's just, you gotta, you gotta have that filter and you gotta spend some time looking. How can when I say I'm looking at a piece and uh, I'm questioning its durability, how can I go about like kind of, yeah, this is gonna be, you know, this is gonna take a tap or two or how can I tell the durability? Checking, so weak spots, brother, are normally going to be like the bottoms. If something's going to be thin, it's probably going to be the bottom. Or if something's going to be weak, it's going to be a joint where a weld is. So the best thing that you can do when you actually have the opportunity to go into a head shop and physically look at a piece is check like wide pieces like this, which would normally be the bottom. Kind of maybe give it a small tap and you can like you can feel it and you would know like oh no 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 this i can't even set this down too hard and it's going to fucking blow out and the welds you can just see how a piece is more or less put together by checking the welds if it looks clean if you don't see any major cracks or anything like that then you should be good to go but being able to hold a piece in your hands and actually kind of feel around you would know what thin glass feels like and you would know kind of like, ah, I really don't want this, but the bottom, that's probably one of the best places to kind of tap because if it is a China piece and it wasn't made well, I've worked in head shops that carried it and it almost felt like tapping on um, thin plastic. Like it didn't even feel like glass. So I would definitely say that that's a good place to start is Tap on a couple of places where it might even look thin because the glass will seem kind of weird in places where it's thin and check the welds. That's the most important thing because you'll be able to see if there's a crack or something and that's the most likely place that it's going to be. Uh, Bill uh, threw a good point out there, the weight. And that's part of, yeah, the thickness of the glass. Like when you have something in your hands, you'll be able to tell for the size, like, nah, this should not be this light. So it, it, does, it does make a difference being able to hold what you have, but otherwise I would say pictures. Like when you are, if you're shopping on an online head shop, just really inspect those pictures, look at the welds because that's gonna be your best like guesstimate of the piece. Obviously you're not gonna get the exact piece in the picture, but you'll be able to get a good little generalization of what you are going to get um and that's just if you're trying to go that route if you can just go with an american blower get a custom piece because believe it or not stuff can be affordable and artists work with people like there's been plenty of pieces where i didn't even pay for the whole piece at once for the eagle it was in payment plans and i would do maybe three payments or i would pay off half and then give them the other half so Artists can be pretty easy to work with. It's just about hitting them up and actually getting out there and finding them. And that can be kind of a pain in the ass because I understand not everybody wants to get on social media. I'm kind of a conspiracy theorist. So like it bugs me that I recommend to people to create
profiles on shit like Instagram. But like my friend Silent Wolf that's in the chat, he was somebody that found me on, on YouTube and would just watch me on YouTube. But I kept telling him, brother, if you want to see all this glass that I'm talking about, you have to get on Instagram. Even if you don't post anything, just having a profile will allow you to search for all this stuff and be able to check it out. And now he's on there and we send each other shit all the time. So I encourage people to get on Instagram just because the glass market is huge. And there's a ton of artists that are basically just posting the stuff that they make every day. And it really just depends on what you like because there's somebody who makes a zombie. There's somebody who makes an elephant. There's somebody who makes the classic sour bong shape. Like all that shit's on there. The ever uh, had a piece made and then he got it back home and went, wow, this ain't going in for shit. <laughs> you know what, brother? I need to grab another soda. Um, I will be right back. And actually, I will tell you. So there was a story about the apple that was kind of gnarly because when I first got it, aside from the crack that was on the well, it wasn't even the right size. So... Yeah, there's, there's definitely been times where I'll open, oh, and that's not, like, I'm, <laughs> yeah, let me grab another soda. I got, I got a story for you. All right, all right. What's up, guys? Phil Sid, Australian Grown, Wheat is 207, light 1978. I heard coins, too. I thought it'd be funny if, uh, I think it'd be super cool, the Mario word. He's got that if you while you were hitting it, if you kind of fucking it made the coin noise like that while you were fucking hitting that pipe, it'd be cool. <laughs> and you know what's funny, brother, is I have I have a buddy that got into 3D printing, and as a Christmas gift, he made me Mario coins for coasters. I actually have coins uh, in my house. That's cool as hell. Okay, so I was super duper excited when this piece came in, when I got the box, because it said grime glass on it, so I already knew what it was. I was like, fuck yeah, the apple's here. I open it up, and the thing is, like, I've, I've learned, and that was just for my time in head shops, I've learned to be super duper specific when you're getting a custom piece, because the more information an artist has to work with, the closer they can get it to whatever it is that's in your head. And that's kind of the goal. So be as specific as possible. So one of those things is what the joint size is going to be. I always make sure that I tell people, please make it this and this size joint. And originally I asked for a 14 millimeter female. When it came out the box and I had it in my hand, I automatically knew it was a 10 millimeter just by looking at it. I was like, fuck because I don't own anything in 10 millimeters so I didn't have a nail to put in it or like I couldn't even use it and I didn't want a 10 millimeter so I definitely wasn't gonna go and buy one just for it I, so I sent this back and had it redone and they put a 14 millimeter on it but that's like with custom jobs brother eagle it's pretty gnarly because there's as awesome as the glass is the experience sometimes can be kind of gnarly. So the ride 
getting from the order to the actual piece can be kind of crazy. And the story that I wanted to tell you was about this piece right here. I'm impatient. It'd be tough for me. I'm like the guy that has to go, I feel like a new pipe today. And I'm going to buy a pipe and I'm going to smoke out of it that day. To fucking have it commissioned and fucking wait, I'd be fucking, oh, I'd be fighting my nails the whole fucking time. I can't wait to smoke out of it. Too patient. It is pretty. It is pretty gnarly, brother. And like, I, I definitely stock packages. Like, I make sure that I, I let the artist know, like, yo, when you send that out, send me the tracking, please. So I totally feel you there. I am also, like, when it comes to stuff like that, if I, if I'm thinking about a piece, I just want to use it. But when it comes to customs, yeah, you gotta wait for them. This little guy right here was the first custom I ever had made. He's cool. I call him Chubbs the Slimy Rhino because he's a hefty little fucker. And um, the guy that made this, Zinc Glass, I was very specific with him about the order again. He did. And this, this piece came out tits. Everything that I asked for, he did. The issue came about with the shipping. I did a live stream when I got the box that was supposed to have this in it and with, that was on my birthday so i opened it up and granted brother eagle it's a box that's big enough to have a glass rig of some sort inside of it only thing that was in it was this pendy so All I'm, right. on, I'm on a live i'm on a live stream opening this shit up and i'm just like I thought somebody stole my shit. Like, I thought somebody just opened up the box. They were like, yoink, and just fucking hear you. Like, I didn't know what happened, but I, I definitely thought something was wrong. And turns out, he just, for whatever reason, didn't send this out in the same box. He sent out the pendant. So I got this a couple days later, but still came in, just scared the holy fuck out of me. And he, like... I don't understand the logic because seriously, this was in a huge box that you could have easily put this and like something else in, but all that was in there was this. So yeah, there's there's been some oh, experiences. Could, we're talking about it. Oh, what could be a canvas blower? You know what I mean? It's been. I could honestly see doing something like that. Sealing it up, fucking taking it to the post office, getting home and seeing it still sitting on the bench and going, ah, fuck me. <laughs> ah, fuck me. I just paid $20 in fucking an oversized box to fucking ship it. Ah, here we go again. God damn it, I'm going to have to eat double shipping. <laughs> That's what happened. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Take another damn. Uh, I'm already myself. I was gonna catch something in chat, but I totally uh brain farted and forgot what the hell it was. I was gonna address it. Let's see, Mike Triple Three. Sometimes I think that that he may have done it just to fuck with me, but it's like, dude, you're gonna fuck with me on my birthday? Ah, 
that'd be kind of fucked, dude. Uh, I think it was the weedest, uh, Phil, Phil, Phil said there, talked about 100 times, you know, buy the ticket, take the ride. My daughter hit me up yesterday, so kind of a hunter S Townsend fan. It was like, did you see they've got a new cartoon out on uh, Netflix? And I'm like, no. Like, I'm like, honestly, like, looking for cartoons. Not that I don't watch good cartoons, by the way. But fucking, he, she's like, no, they've got a, a new cartoon that's uh, based on Hunter S. Thompson's life. And uh, it's really cool. You should check it out. That it's sounds good. dope, brother. I will definitely watch that. Oh, she said that it's great. She says the visuals and the cartoons are like amazing. <laughs> She's like, it's well worth a lot. Oh. Uh, Australia wants to know, when did it turn up? So, okay, I got a hold of him right after that stream. And I was like, yo, what happened? And what he told me was he shipped it out. So I think that he was just trying to kind of cover his base because something like that happened and he just forgot but i did end up getting it the probably about two or three days after but yeah i mean i got it it's a dope rig but it was just a gnarly situation and actually i think it's kind of cool come with the pendant to be honest with it it has well that's been the really neat thing about doing uh, custom orders, brother, is there's usually been some extras that have been thrown in, and I own let's see, one, two, three, four, so I have five pendants all together, and I've never paid for one, like there's, it's always been something that's been thrown in as an extra and an order, so it is, it has been pretty neat to see what people throw in as an extra, because if there's like a little bit of glass left from the color that they're using to make your rig, they might make you a bubble cap out of it or something like that. So it is kind of neat to see what people throw in. That would be a pretty cool. Cheers to you, the forge garden. How you doing tonight? So I, I cranked my rig up to the next highest temperature that, uh, after our conversation, because I am actually smoking some PHOs and I thought I'd go a little bit hotter. Took it up to 555. I'm into like angel numbers. I like, <laughs> I try to keep them into consistent numbers. Like, so I went up 555. Crank it up, brother. Gonna clean out my banger one more time. Load up. Take a nice bad dab with you guys. And again, thank you very so much for having me on your page. I really, or on your channel. I really appreciate it. I hope everyone's having a good night. I don't know how many of you are in the chat, but I know there's a lot of people. 70. So cheers. 70 right now. Hanging out. Oh, I should have told so you that too, Brother Eagle. I'm sort of an acquired taste. I've been around for a good couple of years, so I don't necessarily vibe all that great with everybody in the community but the, the community that we got is pretty good i know i know most of the time your your chats usually have around like 100 people in here so there's there's probably oh, no. probably a couple regulars that might not tune in but 
I'm not everybody's cup of tea. And what's funny about that is on my own live streams, I actually have, so there's these four tenants that I throw out. I'm not here to be everybody's friend. I'm not going to say things that everyone agrees with. I'm not here to be politically correct. And I ain't no fucking cartoon character. So it's, it's actually been really fun to kind of see the community as far as like on my end. Um, and Brother Bingus has been around for a while. So he's seen all the different people that we worked with. And I actually noticed, I can't remember if it was the Mendo Dope stream that you did or if it was the, uh, the gentleman that you did. I think it was earlier today or last night. But somebody in the chat mentioned uh, Primo Kush. I actually taught Primo Kush how to live stream. And I used to be on his channel quite regularly. So there's a, a lot of people, not only in the collecting community, but in the growing community that I've been able to meet in my years of content creating. And it's been an interesting ride for sure. Oh, man, I, it's, it's one thing you're absolutely right on. Is it's been a blessing to meet so many great people this last year, man. You know, Jack Greenstock and Chatted was one quick point out that uh, you know most people on average only throughout their lifetime meet and retain kind of like 130 people, and you know that's as far as I'll ever meet, man. This year alone, I've kind of added you know a couple hundred to the list. That was a pretty good list to begin with. <laughs> So I feel real blessed that a lot of great people I've gotten to uh, to meet this last year. And it's surprising how fast people can actually, like, become a part of your life, too. I mean, we, there was one that uh, we met and lost this year, uh, DOA Gomez. He came, you know, we got a chance to meet him. Awesome guy. And uh, we lost him about a month ago. It was, it hurt, man. I ain't gonna lie, man. It, we, it was really great to meet him and have him be a part of things. And uh, he was sick the whole time, never let anybody know. You know, and he kind of let on a little bit that he was sick, but never let to the extent in which he was really sick. So it was kind of a surprise when he did pass. But man, it is, man. It's been a great ride, you know, both meeting everybody at every every type of level, you know, home growers to fucking big people in the industry. It's been amazing. I've met so many amazing people in this place. I will second that all day, brother. Cheers, because there definitely has been a lot of dope people that I met. I mean, fuck, because of Brother Bingus, I was able to meet you. And now here we are. So, you know, it's you are a hella chill guy. Um, I was, again, I was like, I was watching the Mendo Dope interview and I can't, I know that there's Grow in his name. I want to say like Mastodon Grow. No, I don't think that's it, but Wolverine, Wolverine Grow. I knew Wolverine. it was an animal. Yes. Like I was watching those like, Hey, you do awesome content and it's awesome. What I think is awesome about it is how smoothly everything flows. Like you're a really relatable guy. And you're a good host, and you know how to keep the stream flowing really smooth. So, like, you're, I really, your content is good, brother. You're a great host. Well, the thing about this community is we kind of, I that I appreciate about everybody that hangs out here is we realize that we come from different places. 
You know, we're misfits from every walk of life. You know what I mean? We're not going to see eye to eye every night. But we can fucking smoke and fucking listen to one another and, you know, fucking come back tomorrow. You know, we, we're not going to obsess on the fact that we did dis- we disagreed yesterday or we don't agree. We all agree that we like fucking cannabis. We like hanging out. We know that, you know, in a perfect world, everybody's not going to like everything the same. It's just never going to fucking happen. But what I've come to find out is, you know, we like to hang out. We like cannabis. And we like a fun conversation every night. And it just helps. You know, basically, you might not click with everybody, like you said, to here tonight. But you may have clicked with a few. You know what I mean? And that's what I've seen kind of shake down is, you know, like sub sub branches of the community. Hey, you're come on over here. We like hanging out, but you kind of fit over here. You know, let's let's talk about this. So and that's what's the nice thing about this. We've learned to fucking talk about whatever, shake hands. Yeah. We've had a couple of heated up conversations, but they were just that. We know it's you know, I respect your opinion, you respect mine. Let's find cheers. You know, let's move on to a new topic. At one point, I've kind of thought about bringing in like a magic eight ball or a fucking a wheel, a topic wheel. So like when things do kind of get heated, it's like, ding, topic wheel. Everybody cheers. Let's talk about. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think that would be fun as shit. That would be a good way to break it up for real. Brother Bingus is taking the shot, so I'm going to join him. Much love, everybody. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Cheers to you. <laughs> Without a doubt, this uh, this this wax, this BHO, tastes better at 555. Very nice, brother. Okay, so question for the host. I see you wearing a tool shirt. Are you, and it's not like we can right now, but <clears throat> are you a concert goer? And if so, oh, what was your favorite concert? Yeah, thus, thus far. Because hopefully shit opens up again. We're able to actually start living regularly and do things like go to concerts and whatnot. But for right now, all we have is memory to work on. So Brother Eagle favorite concert from memory oh man um so many good ones so many good ones um i do love those concerts i have seen this one actually too i seen was a father's day present for my daughter and she actually took me to go see tool i had never seen tool and on father's day a couple years ago she took me well, better seats than I would have fucking bought. I tell you that, I would have been off on the hill. <clears throat> but she bought nice pavilion seats, man. I was like 20, 20 rows back, if that, from the stage. I told, <clears throat> and uh, it was good times. But not my favorite, although a good one. Uh, very memorable as far because I had my daughter with her, with me, and that was my first really heavy metal experience. It was funny about that because I expected Tool to be like a, you know, back when I would have seen Tool, would have been more of an alcohol effects, you know, more motion, you know what I mean? I would have expected to see a pit. And this time around, 
it was all cannabis, man. Everybody, and I tell you, some fun, big, funny things happen at tour. You kind of opened yourself up for some conversation. <coughs> um, first things first, we uh, I snuck in a massive amount, probably about a quarter pound of weed to tour. Yeah, <laughs> I hope I had weed rolled up joints, fucking stuff. I had three one foot joints. Uh, in the arch of my back, I've got a fucking little bit of scoliosis, so I got a little bit of curve there that hides my shoulders sit back a little bit, so I can hide things back there. And basically, I, it was the raw, the raw one footers that you stuff, and they come in the 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 carton. You know what I mean? So they weren't like just in the small of my back; they were in the cardboard carton. So I had three of them in my back, I stuff there. And then I had, oh, fuck. Oh, I got the roller right here. I had 20 of these joints rolled up. Yeah, we're passing around. So we get there, and we were, like, looking around in the pavilion. I'm like, oh, yeah, there's no fucking way we're smoking in here. It's head up on the hill. So we go up on the hill at uh, DTE, which is a nice fucking venue to go see a concert. And we just fucking... We like walk back and forth, and we, nobody was really smoking. I was like, "What the fuck is up with this?" You know, this is tough. So we fucking go over to one part of the hill where we kind of good group of people, and uh, just broke out a fucking joint and instantly started making friends. So we spent up most of the time up on top of the hill, meeting a lot of friends. I tell you, it's funny because once you break out one of the foot long joints, people come running. Hang out. Some of them don't even really want to fucking. They they do want to hit it, but moreover, they just want to get their picture with that giant fucking joy. So we had a good time hanging out up up, uh, up on the hill. And Tool starts up. Of course, if you got pavilion seats, as much fun as you're having up on top of the hill, you're gonna go down and see Tool in the pavilion. So I went down. We fucking down there rocking out again. Uh, I'm like leery I'm firing up this joint, man. I've got tons of weed on me. I'm like looking around, and I don't see anybody really smoking yet. I see like random fucking clouds of smoke. Yeah. And then finally, the fucking tool comes on, fucking lights go down, it's rocking out. I see some great folks firing up. But then in the same aspect, I see security fucking following them, saying puffs of smoke. And I'm like, God, shit, this ain't gonna be easy. But, concert goes on, joints get fired up. And actually, I'm fucking light up some joints, passing around. Uh, I, the stories on this concert can go on. I'll try to just limit it to a few. But I light up this big joint and fucking the air just takes it right over my shoulder and blasts this cat right in front of me just every drag I take just right on top of this guy and he's like looking back and uh yeah I'm like hey man and it's a cigar I'm like you want to hit this and he's like oh no it smells so good though and he's kind of you can tell he's on a date and he's like oh, can't hit it because it hurt you know what I mean but every time it fucking Hit over his shoulder, man. He was loving it. Some cat even in front of me, like, passed me back a cigarette because I'm passing joints. Good heartedness of, you know, sharing. I take the, I take it, I hit it, and I'm like, 
blow it out. I'm like, what the fuck is this? He's like, a cigarette. I'm like, why are you passing? Who's passing cigarettes around? You know, a fucking knucklehead. Yeah. And fucking, uh, so we're smoking. And then uh, not too long after that, I see the fucking flashlight going over the, like, the row in front of me. And I'm like, oh, shit, here it is. I'm going down. And I've got that fucking fatty in my hand, too. And they come dragging that cat out for the cigarette. (laughs) But everybody else that are like cupping the joints and shit are fine. They just dragged the one guy out and I'm okay, it's still in the state. Maybe they just didn't like it, but yeah, just left all of us weed smokers alone and just like, ah, get that dirty cigarette out of here. (laughs) But Tool was a good fucking concert. But by far my favorite is uh, Pantera Megadeth and White Zombie I seen all in one show and I shit you not man it was I could not walk for like three days after that concert I mean I was probably really liquored up and some hallucinogens when I went in but I went right to the pit Pantera started things off that day and it was like as soon as I Soon as we, I was walking, same venue, same venues. And keep in mind, there's a nice hill and it overlooks this pavilion where the band plays. Okay. And uh, Mosh Pit always develops right around the, that fenced in area. So Pantera fucking starts off with fucking Cowboys from Hell. And fucking, soon as that guitar kicks in, that pit, I was like just walking by and they fucking, I was planning to be in there anyway. To be honest with you. But that's not the way it worked out. I fucking, I see it explode and I kind of step back, take a couple steps back. And it, it went so fast from nothing to me being the center. <laughs> yeah. Bam. Oh, man. I ended up being in that monster the fucking seemingly the whole fucking whole concert while everybody played and by the time that it was all said and done man they were they actually took the hill and had thrown 20 percent of it into the, the pavilion so every time you looked up you seen giant chunks of sod flying through the air <laughs> and it was it ended up raining later on that day turning into just some an incredible muddy mess. Everybody at one point was just covered in mud. But it was it was an amazing day. But like I said, I went home and I was so fucking whooped from being in that mosh pit, man. I was fucking dazed. I didn't even think about getting off that couch. My body was just fucking exhausted. So like that was a combination of that and the jumping around that you do from the rest of the songs where you're actually not in the mosh pit and just the adrenaline from the day. Yeah, good concerts like that. You're just fucking wiped out. That's dope, brother. My so- friends, the guys that I went with, not just to kind of top it off with, okay. uh, were on top of the hill and had seen me making my way around there. And they so they kind of watched the bet play out. This is what they tell me after. So I kind of had like a pretty identifiable cap on 
when a thing started. And they said, man, we watched you go around, and then we, we next thing we know, you're like in it, and then the next thing you know, you couldn't see you, and then we could see your hat go about 20 feet into the air, and then that was the last we seen of you until after the concert. Yeah. <laughs> you just disappeared, man. You just disappeared. So... What what's some of your favorites that you've seen? That was a good concert experience, brother. I wish that I would have been able to see White Zombie, but I was able to see Rob Zombie. I went to Ozfest in like two thousand and five, and he headlined the second stage, and it was like that was probably the biggest. It wasn't like a mosh pit, but it was just a sea of people, and they started playing. I think it was. The Electric Head, part one. And like when they actually hit the dun 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 dun, everyone started jumping at the same time. And it was like there was a fucking earthquake. And like, cause you just, you feel the ground shit. And it was like one of the dopest experiences because I felt like we were starting an earthquake. And it was one of the biggest crowds that I've ever been a part of. But that was, that was a dope experience going to that Ozfest just because. Like, of course, the main stage is dope, but it's not as personal as the second stage. So being able to see the bands that catch the second stage is really, really neat. And like that was my first experience crowd surfing, which was gnarly because at that time I was like easily 215, 220. Like I was actually a pretty heavy, kind of a little, little husky at one point. And they got my big ass up and I got to the to the front of the stage. And the whole time I was screaming some lyrics, there was this band Bury Your Dead that was playing. And it was the craziest thing too, brother, because I'm not like, it wasn't something that I initiated. I'm just chilling, like jumping and yelling the lyrics. And this huge buff dude in front of me, he turns around and he just kind of like, he looks at me and I don't know what's going to, like if he's going to start a mosh pit right now or what, but then he just goes like this. And I'm like, he actually wants to throw me up and get me crowd surfing. So I was like, fuck it. And jumped up and I hit that first, that first little bit of people and they got me up and I went to the front and I I will say that was the one time that I did it because I was watching people all day get dropped because it, it's a coin toss. You're either going to hit that first group of people and they're going to go, what the fuck? And just disperse and you're going to hit the dirt. Or they're going to be like, oh, shit, this guy's crowd surfing. Let's get him to the front. So I thankfully got that second crowd of people, but I didn't test my luck after that. So that was a lot of fun. And going to see Static X before uh, being able to see them play before Wayne passed away, that's a dope memory. And they put on a dope show. He was taking shots of Jaeger all night and just like chilling and talking with the audience in between songs and like joking and just having a good time. So that was an awesome show. He was an awesome musician and just like he knew how to work a crowd and he was he was just great. So that that was probably one of my favorite shows, brother, was going to see Static X before Wayne passed away. Um, I also got to see my favorite band. They're called Chimera. And what's gnarly is, um, are you familiar with the metal band Machine Head? Yes. Okay, so there was a Machine Head concert 
that I was like I bought tickets for it and I noticed that they were co-headlining with a band named Chimera. So I decided the day that we were going to the concert that I would buy the most recent Chimera CD and I would listen to it on the way up to the concert. And it was crazy because I dug that CD so much that in the drive up there, I changed who I was going to see the show for. Like I went from going to see Machine Head to going to see Chimera. And I got to see them actually twice. And that was a dope show. So I think those would be my top three. Is being able to see Rob Zombie headline the second stage, being able to see uh, Static X before Wayne passed away, and being able to see Chimera because they were my favorite band. And what's funny about seeing Chimera for the first time was there's another band that is actually pretty well known called Trivium. And they were opening for all those guys. And what I remember about that show was that nobody liked Trivium. So like they didn't really have that great of a response. And the way that the, the theater that we were, they were playing in was set up was that the lobby was where all the opening bands would go and sell their merch after they were done playing their set. So while I was waiting for Chimera and Machine Head to set up, I went and talked to Matt Heapy, who's the lead guitarist and the singer of Trivium. And I, I like chatted with him about the randomest shit. Like we just talked about life and like his music and why nobody liked his set. Like we were talking for a good 20 minutes while they were setting up all their shit. And it was dope because then I think it was maybe a year or two after when I went to OzFest, it was a crazy transformation brother eagle because they went from an opening band like when i saw them setting up their own shit i thought they were roadies initially and then all of a sudden the guitarists start screaming and they start their set and i'm like oh fuck this is band to being at ozfest having a huge backdrop having a bunch of people set up their shit like it was really neat to see the growth and like the evolution of the band because I, I remember talking to that dude and like him being all bummed that nobody liked the set and now they're fucking opening at Ozfest. So that was that was a really neat thing to be able to experience. I would have liked to see Static X. That was a fan. That was a fan of Static for sure. You know, was- I but well, I tell you as we we're sitting here talking, I was like, oh yeah, I had almost forgotten about Static X too. I was like, oh yeah, damn. I used to love the last song. He's a loser. I like the fucking the girl in the background. Yeah, she went all the shit she'd say. Uh, there's too many good tunes I guess. But what I'm getting at here is I think, you know, you might want to think about uh, Halloween the next time Halloween comes around going as Halloween there. I think you could pull it off. I think you could pull it off, brother. If I let this grow out for maybe like another 10 years, I appreciate that, brother. Pick something up for the night, one of those, like, just put out here. It's fucking, you can pull it off. Pull it off, man. You look like like it, actually. It was, and what was crazy was just how, like, down to earth he was. It was a really neat show just because of how cool he was. Literally, just. And so even the bandmates, because he had Rex on the guitar at the time, I know he kind of went in and out of the band, but like for one, 
he didn't talk like the entire set. And I, I understand that's not something that like you need to do when you're in the band, but they would like Wayne would probably spend a minute or two just like chilling, being like, hey, you guys were coming out. Like, yeah, what the fuck? Let's get another shot. And he wouldn't say nothing. But what he did and it was like he was just a weird guy because I remember he had the the dreads and everything like a white guy with dreads already kind of interesting. But um, he spent the whole night eating gummy worms out of a jack-o'-lantern. And that's what he would do. Like, because Wayne tried to get everybody to take shots, but he was the only guy in the band that wouldn't take shots. He would pass them off to somebody in the audience, then he would eat a couple of gummy worms and I would start the next song. So it was just like, it was an interesting experience just because of the band. And like, yeah, it was a trip. Now I know why his name is Trip, because he's fucking a trip. I guess it depends too on the kind of experience, uh, what you, what kind of concert you go to. Because you know, on the other side of things, I've been to some amazing country concerts. They're a whole different vibe, and I tell you what, one of the best concerts. Take this for whatever it's worth, for just so many reasons. One of them was again the environment. And I was surprised by the concert. It was fucking, I seen rascal flags. And I have, take this for whatever it's worth, I have never seen so many fucking beautiful women in one place in my life, to be honest with you. And it was pouring rain, and they were just in fucking short shorts and fucking cowboy boots, and they were like everywhere. And it was such a great vibe. Besides that, it was a great vibe of people just having a good time. Hey, that makes it, put on an amazing show. That but, makes the great oh, show right wow. there, brother. The beautiful women. Mm. <laughs> you beat it. Oh, oh, I'm telling you, the Brasco Flats totally changed my opinion. I was like, holy shit, I have been fucking up. I need to go to my country concerts. Holy cow, this is where... <laughs> Which... Ultimately, it did lead to more country concerts, but uh, <laughs> I, I listened to a little bit of everything, but uh, I was greatly impressed that day. I was surprised. I was very surprised. Good, good, good vibe all the way around. I'd go see it. That is awesome. I would say my favorite non-metal show would be Incubus. They, like, just them as a band, the drummer put on, like, a 10 minute solo brother between they're probably like halfway through their set and he just just going crazy and then they pick up and they do the rest of their set and he's just he plays the rest of it like nothing happened like that guy's a machine he's an amazing drum player i don't know what his name is but that was a dope show just being able to like see him do that that was an amazing piece of musicianship that i will always remember it was literally like a 10 minute solo and then they just pick up and they do the rest of the shit. And he's playing like nothing happened. And I'm like, God, that's not like running a marathon. Like, how do you do that physically? That's crazy. So I give a lot of props to to musicians. because That's some crazy shit that they do sometimes. So right. we'll go with past question. I'll ask you first. And then I'll ask, what was your first show? What was the first show? First show, brother. So that was Papa Roach. Right after they came out with their second album, 
my I went with my uncle to this small little theater, maybe like two hours away from the town that we lived in. And that kind of got me hooked on going to concerts because live experiences are cool. But when and I guess it is kind of like hard because I don't want to play favorites like different different concerts have different vibes. But I feel like the rock metal community is very much like a community. And so even even the mosh pits were interesting because you got knocked down and then somebody was there to pick you back up. Yeah, they pushed you right the fuck back in the mosh pit, but you, you didn't spend like time on the ground. Like there was somebody looking out for you and there was, you know, there was etiquette. Like they watched out for the people that were throwing elbows and punching and those people, when they fell, they didn't get no help. They just got stomped on. Dude, like I seen Slayer last year, and I watched an eighty-five-year-old man fucking in the mosh pit. I just, I was like, "Oh my god, get him out of there!" Yeah, he was like, "Yeah," he kept going deeper and deeper. And you know, you would see other people be like, "Oh shit!" Look. <laughs> I'm not throwing that guy, Jesus. I appreciate your effort, guy, but come on, man. <laughs> That's the dope thing about mosh pits and like the metal crowd is that guy was able to wade through the crowd and you know he probably pushed a few people and surprised some folks. But yeah, I no, mean, I watched him. I watched him. He didn't like like wasn't just wandering through. He would beforehand started pushing people to get into the fucking mosh pit. It was very purposely. He made his way in there. He was all stomping around with beer. I'm like, oh, this is going to end badly. This is going to end so bad. <laughs> but everybody was, you know, nobody, everybody was respectful, just like you said. And it's a dope community. So I will say that um, that, that kind of gave me the, the passion for going to more concerts. And I think the, I went to like three Papa Roach concerts altogether. Probably like the most off brand band that I've seen uh, compared to what we've been talking about was No Doubt. I got to see No Doubt in concert at the Santa Barbara Bowl. And that was an interesting show because they had an LED display behind them. And at that point, because like when I went to see Papa Roach, my first concert, I was only like 16. But by the time I went to go see No Doubt, I was already 19. So I was smoking a good deal of weed. Like that was a dope show because of that LED display behind them and like what they did. And also Weezer. Weezer was a pretty good show because um, they just put on a really good live show. But yeah, brother, the fir first one was Papa Roach. And I, that's definitely a memorable one because I really liked them as a band already. They were kind of in my... playlist on the regular so like when my uncle asked me to go to that concert I was like oh yeah for sure so I thought that was a really good first concert for me how about you what was your first concert well I'd like to say man I'd like to see no doubt because I've always had a thing <laughs> gorgeous right yes yes uh, my first concert was uh fucking George Thoroughgood Destroyers. I got some free tickets to go see a bit from a friend, and we fucking got liquored up 
seen jorts or good destroyers. And again, it fucking rained that day too. So it was basically just sitting on the hill, fucking drinking whiskey, rocking out. It was so good time though. Really good. Is that the gentleman that I'm thinking of? Like one shot, one bourbon, one beer. Is that him? Yes, sir. Yeah, Fuck yeah. yeah, dude. That would be a dope concert. I love that song. Yes. It was a good show. It was a good show, too. That's I've seen good... some crazy ones. I've seen so because Pine Hub, what is now DTE, gives a lot of free concerts, man. Fucking uh, Eddie Money. I've seen Eddie. I used to see. I've seen Eddie Money a few years just because he was like the always. He's the one that opened up Pine Knob every year up until like the day he died. He was the first act every year, so he kicked off the season. So they'd give out free tickets to see him. And if I'm getting, I'll fucking, I don't give a fuck who it is. You give me free tickets to go see the show. You said I'll go. And uh, so I've seen him. I've seen Kid Rock. I see Kid that Rock for fun. free. For free, no less. He, he gives out a lot of free shows in Detroit because that's his hometown. So I've seen him a few times. And I have, I have a couple of friends that have gone to his shows, brother, and all I hear is good things. I hear he does awesome shows. Oh, it was good time. Good time. And, uh, yeah, I've been seeing, I've seen Ozfuss. I, I went up watching Ozfuss. It was a good show right there. To be honest with you, that was the only concert that I've ever been to, to where at the end of the concert, I was just wanting to get you done with alcohol. I was fucking, to be honest, we had started drinking, you know, because it was the, the fast, man. We fucking, it was an all day, man. I took some acid and fucking started drinking as like, soon as possible. And we fucking, we hung out, tailgated in the parking lot for a while and drank and drank and drank. And then by the time Black Sabbath came on at the end, I didn't want any more alcohol. I was already just fucking so fucked up on alcohol. I just didn't want any. And I don't know if it was just me being so inebriated, but it seems like that's all I could find. Like every vendor I walked up to, that's all they had. Even when I went up to like the building, they're like, oh, I want to pop. All we've got is beer. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> So I just continued to get drunker and drunker that night. Man. I good concerts, man. I love concerts. Yes, sir. And that's like it trips me out because I was actually talking about this on a live stream on my own channel the other day. It trips me out to possibly be in a place where we're going to have to tell people about those experiences because they will not have been able to have them themselves yet. Like what it's like to go to a concert or even uh, the movies. Like, I, w I drove past the movie theater in my town today, and I was like, holy shit, there's not even billboards for, like, a movie coming out. Like, this is just closed up. So it's gnarly to, to kind of think about how things like that might be going away for a little bit. Well, you know, it's a good thing, too. I'm glad I did an experience that I pass on to my kids because the first concert they I wanted to take them to, they were, oh, man, I don't know. The ones I took them, man, they were like, yeah, let's go. That, it's it, that vibe of all the people 
Probably. You know, there's something as when when people get together in that larger amounts, there's just something electric in the air that uh, is so fun to be a part of. It's, awesome. that, it's that community vibe, brother. And that's honestly, like, that's, I dug that about 420 events that, because uh, I was able to go to probably like two or three before stuff happened and we weren't really able to anymore. And it was really neat to be able to see like other content creators, because that would be the time where people like you and me might run into each other and, oh, dude, like, what's going on? And so that was a really cool experience. And I'm, yeah, I hope all that comes back with the quickness because it was definitely so, fun to be able to go out in the summer and check out some glass and meet some folks and just hang out. I, you know, I'm forgetting about another one. You got me recalling all kinds of shit. Now. And you know, what's another fucking cool thing too is the era that we're putting ourselves into now with the legal cannabis both medical and rec, excuse me, fucking uh, some great shows, man. I've seen some like high times events, some good concerts, really good ones. Some of them, like I was saying a minute ago, man, we do seem to seemingly get a little screwed here in Michigan on some of the artists we draw. But, you know, there may not have been in the initially some of the ones I would have chose to see, but some of them put on a lot of surprising shows that I never seen coming. I don't know if that was cannabis or whatever, but one of my most memorable shows that uh, to be honest with that now that we're talking, I actually somewhere still got some footage of it was uh, White white Cloth John uh, White Cliff John you know, from the Fuji's there. Yeah. I didn't I kind of questioned it, man, because it's not really my cup of tea. Yeah, with you. I like some of the tunes, but I was like, man, I wish we could have got some rock or something. You know what I mean? But man, what it was completely the night, the setting, the vibe was amazing. It was fucking absolutely amazing. It fucking was a beautiful summer night, and not a lot of people kind of wandered over there in the beginning. So there was maybe like 50 people initially in front of the stage again it's a beautiful summer night the, I, the pictures that i can show you are so pic, picturesque it's amazing because it was like a, one of those orange sunsets i mean it was multicolored. and then uh so he starts playing he starts putting on a good show and it uh he actually started putting on you know smoking weed and then uh he actually come out in the crowd and was doing his sets and smoking weed with, with us in the crowd. So he's just, yeah, walking around the crowd, singing, hitting our joints and stuff, which I thought was really cool. And then uh, what made it fucking, you ever heard that him do that song? Uh, he did, If I Were President. You ever heard of that song? If I Were President. Sounds if you haven't heard it, it's a good, good song. So he starts playing that, and uh, they had passed out a lot of Chinese lanterns that day. So as the fucking concert goes on, and all it, yeah, the footage that I show you, that's all you can see is fucking smoke in the air. 
so thick you could hardly fucking see the stage from people smoking, which made it amazing. And then people started lighting off these uh, the Chinese lanterns, and they weren't little ones; they were actually good sized ones. So they they start playing. He starts playing. If I were president, start, everybody starts lighting these off, and all you can see are these cha- Chinese lanterns floating off in this beautiful fucking sunset and. They're being carried off by nothing but fucking cannabis smoke. And it was fucking... That would the vibe amazing, was so amazing. Fuck yeah. Oh, see all those lanterns rising out of the cloud of weed smoke? Ah, that sounds amazing. like a great time. That's what's up. Hell yeah. All right. Well, I got me a nice fat dab right here. So I'm going to go ahead and... Uh, I'm going to put my mic on mute for just a second and heat up this this nail. Thank you guys to everybody in the chat hanging out with us. Brother Eagle, thank you again for having me. Really appreciate it. It's been awesome, man. It's been awesome. Let's do it. All right. I'm going to bring this up real quick. They love their dad song. We love our dad song. I've actually been trying to uh, get my daughter's boyfriend who's... uh, Heavy metal, you know, heavy metal band, thrash metal band, to be honest with you, to remake the damn song in like a heavy metal. I don't know what the fuck the whole deal is, but I think it would be pretty bad. <laughs> metal version of the dab song needs to be a thing now. I think I'm gonna. I'm supposed to go down there tomorrow. I think I'm gonna shake this tree up. Not even leave until I get it. <laughs> We've got about ten guitars sitting there. There's no reason we can't pump that out when we want to. It was a good concert too. Actually, <laughs> I got to see him <laughs> Halloween. Even though. It wasn't his normal band. They were doing covers, but it was at a like Canvas Club event. I got to see him for the first time, hang out with my daughter, smoke weed in the crowd while we got to watch him play. Good Halloween. That's dope, brother. And actually, so when you were talking about Pantera, was never I wasn't able to see Pantera live, but. I was able to see Avenged Sevenfold before the Rev died, and they did a cover of Walk that started one of the gnarliest pits, and it was an amazing cover. As much as I love Pantera and how awesome they are, that cover, and just, hey, it could have been the live thing and the being in the mosh pit, but that was a dope cover. And Korn does some really good Metallica covers, I hear, when they go live. I've seen... A video of them doing uh, one, and it was an amazing cover. I've seen uh, Pantera three times. That's and dope. One right? of my second favorite times is uh, I've seen them in Saginaw, Michigan, at the Civic Center, and uh, nobody wanted to drive. I was back in there, but heavy partying days they were crazy and so we talked this up buddy of ours into fucking driving down there 
he was going to be designated driver pretty much. You know, he was a safe ride anyway. So, concert uh, fucking starts off, Pantera takes the stage, and uh, <laughs> fucking this cat hanging out with us. We're pretty close to the stage. And uh, Phil was already fucking really riled up. And fucking strobe lights pop on, music starts to play. And every time the strobe lights came on, my buddy was a rollback. So fucking just a few chords into it, we looked back and he was like, gone. He's like, fuck this shit, man. I'll see you in the car. <laughs> that's where he was. That's where we found him. He was hanging out in the car. He was like, that's it's too crazy. Maybe not I'm feeling it. <laughs> that's a trip. Great shows. Hell yeah. Seeing Pantera would be dope. Uh, okay, brother. So a show that you would like to go see. Who would you like to go see? I was so looking forward to seeing Rage this last year. I thought that chance was never going to come. <laughs> okay. I'd like to see Suicidal Tendencies too. I've never got a chance to see that. I'd like to see that one too. That'd be a good one. I wish I could have seen Sublime before Homie passed away. That would have been a good show. Because I know, I know there's Sublime with Rome now, and they sound amazing, but it's just not the same. That was another good five band right there. <laughs> Two joints. I like that. Same area. Oh, yes, sir. I like as my kids get older, uh, they start rocking these songs. <coughs> like they're new. And I'm like, yeah. That's good tuning. <laughs> like it these days. I like to see it being rediscovered by my kids. It's a good feeling. I know I definitely, like, a lot of my musical tastes have come from my uncle because when I was born, he was, well, he is my mom's older brother. So my mom had me kind of young. He was only about 17 uh, when I was born. So I grew up kind of with his musical tastes. And uh, it's funny because I remember, like, even though they're super early memories, like, I remember being in a car seat next to him while he's playing Metallica. And, like, it's just, you know, it's good, good influences. And that's the funny thing is he was the first, he took me to that Papa Roach concert. So, yeah, he's always been a, a musical influence on me. And it's, it's pretty cool. Weedus said Sublime rocked. I agree, fam. <clears throat> um, Australian would like to see Killswitch engage and Slipknot. That would be dope. I think Slipknot would put on a good... Well, I think both of them would put on a good show. 
Wow. They were at Ozfest. They were at Ozfest the one year I went, but I wasn't quite into Slipknot that year. But there were some crazy, crazy fuckers that were seeing Slipknot that year. I remember how they were all dressed alike, <laughs> fucking nooses around their necks and shit. I'm like, that's a crazy mm-hmm. drive right there. The Magic Squad, <laughs> yeah, they get pretty gnarly, brother. Um, Chad brings up a good point. In the festivals that you've gone to, have you ever seen Guar? They're, no, they're out of fucking control. They were at Ozfest on the second stage, and they're madmen. Like it was gnarly because it started out with this. It was a person, but it had like an abnormally large head on it, which was George Bush at the time. And he came out and he was just dancing around and the lead singer came out with a sword and slapped him with it and the large head came off and started gushing blood. And then the rest of the band members came out and they started their set while and for the Eagle again, this is we've been to some metal concerts, but like when I saw this shit, I was like, what's happening right now? They had these extras, which they called slaves come out and they were working these water guns on each side of the band and they were literally just spraying fake blood into the crowd and that's as they're doing their set while the lead singer is going like this and he has the huge prosthetic dick and balls swinging and like it was it was one of the gnarliest shows that I've ever seen and I gotta say that for as for it being a metal band there's a lot of pageantry that goes along with their set. And it's just a crazy thing to watch. Like saying that you've been to a Guar concert and seen them live, it's a fucking experience. And that's, I like, it was told, I totally forgot about it until homie brought it up. And then I was like, God damn. Yeah, that did happen. Like it was a gnarly show. Marilyn Manson was a pretty wild show. as he fucking put out a pretty crazy show. Maybe not that crazy, but he put out a fucking crazy show. Oh, I believe that, brother. He's known for it. I see him like in his prime. <laughs> in the prime of the narrow. The definition of shock rock. Jer Bear. Thank you, fam. I appreciate that. It sounds like Brother Eagle has some amazing taste in music, too. That's what I kind of bonded with him over in this uh, in this stream. We've just been talking to the fuck the glass. We've been talking about bands and shit all night. So that's really cool. Um, I dig I dig everybody's uh, passion for music as much as the 42710 community. And it's awesome to talk to you guys about that stuff while we hang out. Dancing. That would have been a good one. Oof. Holy diver. I need a shit. All right. Dancing versus Mighty Mouse. Who would win? That's fine. You know, I always thought, I didn't realize because I've always heard, you know, you see Danzig on stage there. He looks, you know, he's got a. Stands to it, you assume that he's 
a fucking big guy. And you, I've always heard, you know, through the years that he was badass. And, you know, even, and again, I'm not taking nothing from him. I'm still there. He's a badass. All the stories from other bands and shit, you know. But I never realized that he was only like fucking five four. <laughs> you know, he's a, like a super short dude and shit. I didn't see that coming. That is crazy. All, all that mother and that deep, deep, heavy voice come from that little guy. Got that Lars Ulrich syndrome. Lot, lot comes from a small package. Same thing with uh, I didn't need another one. I didn't realize was a shorter gentleman either. Was uh, fucking uh, Eddie Vedder. I didn't realize Eddie Vedder was a fucking short dude either. So that's great. I look back at some of the footage and shit, and I'm like, yeah, I guess he is fucking little guy. Man. I never realized that. You know, fucking, there's something that, again, that big, deep uh, bass voice, you know, you figure people are talking about. Funny how that goes around. Sully's another one, as far as that goes, <laughs> from uh, Godsman. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, he's he's super short. That guy's super short. You think, yeah, he'd be a bigger gentleman as well. Mr. Greenpots, thank you for correcting me. That was actually Dio that did Holy Diver. Danzig is totally different. Just in the moment, I'm Still kind of good. buzzed right now. Got my wires crossed. Still. Thank you for correcting me, though. Good shit. All right. Take another dab. And so yes, which bro, one is your favorite piece to smoke out of? If you don't mind me asking. You know what's funny about that, Brother Eagle, is that like my daily driver has kind of been more about utility than anything. So this is one of the bigger, more intricate recyclers that I have, but the one that I use. Uh, for the most part, on a regular basis, is this little guy right here. And it's actually kind of neat. There's a story behind it, but this is a uh, double uptake recycler by this guy named Chubby Glass by Nate. And what I like about it, the reason why I bought it, even though it's not a custom, is because this is actually made out of a color called Illuminati. And the interesting thing about that color is that it's in the what? Uh, well, basically, they call it extinct. And so the company that originally made it is no longer manufacturing this color. And the gnarly thing about UV colors in general, because that's what this is, this actually glows under uh, blacklight, is that in order to get that effect, what they do is they infuse uranium into the glass. That's how I found out they get that gnarly kind of UV effect out of it. And that's kind of neat. But so this particular color, you can't find it anymore. And I thought that was kind of dope in itself. So I decided to pick it up. But I'm going to turn that light off so it shows a little bit better. But it's got like a really bright green to it once you put it under a black light. And what I really like about this piece is it's super functional because as a recycler, it works really well. Lots of bubbles, lots of function. 
but the other dope thing is that it's not a big piece and it's really easy to maintain and clean. So it's not something that when I have to put the alcohol and salt in it, I'm like, oh shit, when I'm trying to shake it, like it's a pretty small piece. It's easy to maintain and take care of. And so just like, because of that, I end up using it a lot more than I use other pieces. And then also to our discussion earlier, most of the time, if you're going to take like mediums, well, even if you're going to take a, a big dab, if you really want to get the most out of your dabs, like a medium size to smaller rig is really kind of what you want to use anyway. So I find, I find myself kind of gravitating towards this guy, even though I have the other guys. And there's like, when you have a collection, it's like you get into a mood. So sometimes I'll look at the closet and I'll just be like, you know what? I feel like using this piece and I'll get stuck on it for like two, three weeks. And then there's another piece where I'll just be like, you know what? I haven't used that one. And I'll get stuck on that one. But for the most part, be this little guy right here, brother. Oh, there's no way. I, I fully understand how much the nerds cost. I would be so fucking... I'd be scared to use that shit on a daily basis. I'm serious. I'd be like, uh, I know me. I know me. Something would tip over. Something would roll over. Not something over. And, and that's that's kind of like the biggest. Am I gonna use this? question that i have to ask myself is like do i really fucking feel like cleaning it because we'll sometimes we'll be doing a live stream and people will be like hey break this piece out and take a dab out of it and if it's one of the bigger pieces i'm always like i'm gonna take one or two dabs here on the stream and then i'm gonna have to clean it because i'm not gonna want to use it do i really want to do that right now so sometimes it just comes down to that and that's that's what's gnarly is that with all the stuff that I have in my collection, really a lot of times what I think about is utility. Like what's going to be the easiest to clean? What's what's going to be the most efficient? So yeah, it's kind of, you, you get into phases and you switch it up every now and then, but there is that one piece that you always kind of use on the regular and that, that would be this guy. Yeah, looks like a perfect size piece to be honest with Oh, it is great, brother. I really, I really dig it. And so there's like, this is a bubble cap that is made from the same rod of glass that made this rig, but it's made from a different artist. And that was a nice little added uh, addition to the set that I thought was kind of cool was that it added more to the story. The guy, and actually, let me get one more piece so that I can illustrate what I'm talking about here. So there's a gentleman who is a glass blower, and he makes stuff like this. And he was the one that originally bought this piece. And I bought this off of him. The cool thing is that when he originally bought this piece off of that artist, he recognized the dude that made this, recognized the dude that bought it was also an artist. So he sent him the last piece of this rod, which is extinct and you can't find anymore, so that he could make whatever he wanted out of it. And thankfully for me, out of all the things that he could have made, because he could have made a pendant or like a different kind of cap, he made a bubble cap. And I love bubble caps. So what's really dope is that this 
set came from the same piece of glass, but it's made by two different people. And like that, that to me makes it kind of cool. And they, there's like a little extra story that I can tell people about it. And just the fact that you can't find this color anymore, I think that makes it kind of neat too. My, the only thing I've got that I could say would be even close to a collectible glass piece, and it's, I don't even know how long I still have it, to be honest with you. And that's, uh, I have the Dabuccino cup that from a long time ago. Yep, yep. That uh, the Starbucks girl on it, before they made a stink about it, and still got the Starbucks princess on it. And it says, like, what's it say? Shatter. You know, it's got a list of what it could be. Butter, shatter, blah, 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 on the side of the very tech. It's pretty cool. That's dope, brother. Nice collector's piece. I actually okay. busted it out after after I broke that first piece that I just got, that last one. You know, the first, I guess, real piece. I broke it. I was like, nah, I couldn't go back right to the straw, so I actually brought it. The Davicino back out. I was like, I gotta put this up. I am gonna fucking break this thing. <laughs> ASAP. I'm so scared of these. What was you gonna say there? <clears throat> I actually had a random question for you, brother. I, I was watching the couple of videos and I noticed it looks like most of your ink is geometric patterns. Is that all of your ink or do you have? Did you make it a goal to do mostly geometric themed art? No, I have a lot of geometric themed art, and a lot of, some of it's geometric themed, and then uh, a lot of it is taken from pieces of religions. So okay. I have like an Egyptian hunk, I have uh, Hamza, a lot of geometric patterns. Okay. Uh, but my the two that I saw specifically looked like a scene of life. Yeah. Then, yeah. yeah the, I don't know what the other Metatron's guy was called. Cube. Yes. This is Metatron's cube. Okay. Both of them are like, they have sacred meanings behind them. There's a lot of sacred, you know, there's a lot of information stored in both symbols. You know, you wouldn't believe they have my information stored in sacred Metatron's theology. cube was supposed to contain all the names of God, right? It is. There's basically, the recipe for everything is in the Metatron's cube all the sacred, uh, what do you call it? Uh, solid symbols there. Gotcha, gotcha. So, That's dope, really brother. Cool. And then I'm actually covered from my tip of my toes all the way to my hips. It's, and it's kind of more dark. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so you can see that. So, so you got kind of the uh, body canvas thing going on. You did both legs. Yeah, up to my hips that are done. Wow, I'm starting to like transition up into the over the the belt line, I guess, into the stomach area, and then I have I'm actually done. My chest is pretty well done as well with the a huge eagle uh, sun behind it as well. I have a, a fucking amazingly large demon right here. And I forgot about my Buddha symbols, and this is uh, 
this is actually the CBD molecule and then the THC molecule in the original TJ kind of colors there as well. Nice. Yeah, I have a lot of ink. I was talking with somebody yesterday, the day before there, how many tattoos you got? I'm like, man, I thought I used to have an idea, but anymore they're, you know, like the legs, they were all individual sittings, a lot of sittings there, but you know, the, all of them became one. <laughs> it all, all became one. It all becomes kind of one piece of artwork, definitely. Because when, once you add, when you're adding to the canvas already, it has to blend. So, I mean, it's got to all be kind of coherent. Um, my, oh, it's, oh, it's, my, now my the gaps actually kill me. Because they were like, kind of like this kind of and I was filling in gaps and the guy that did the work was amazing the way he blended them but it got to like man even now there's a couple of spots and like them fucking spots just absolutely fucking drive me nuts I just can't wait to fill that shit full of heat to be honest I've I've told myself I will stop at the neck but uh, there's probably no promises there we'll talk to you about the neck in about 10 years so with then with your experience with art brother i imagine probably the top of your foot would have been painful how was the inside of your thighs are those done yeah that yeah yeah, that must have been awesome that is a that's a tender area that is for sure tender spot right there i'd actually put the inner thigh kind of worse than the back of the knee or the front oh, of the knee yeah, or the front cool. of the foot actually there was a you know there's all oh, it was brutal I couldn't wait to get done that, that area That's what I was my left leg probably like oh. just to make sure that I can actually see what yeah because my camera is not that's what I was thinking brother probably like that area right there probably hurt like a bitch is that what you were talking about? Like the top of the foot? No, I'm talking about like the inner thigh. <laughs> What's no, the no, worst? That, that, that too. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. But no, I can, yeah, I can show you my feet. Because those were There's the two, one. those were the two that I imagined probably hurt quite a bit, <laughs> but was the top of the foot and probably the inner thigh. Because, you know, you got, I mean, your bone is so close to all that shit right there on your foot. Like, it just, it seems like a tender area, you know? Uh, it wasn't bad. I took some RSO. Here, I can show you my feet. So the back, the back of the knee and the inner thigh. I could, yeah, I could see that. Back of the knee would be super tender. I have, I have one piece on my chest, and I wanted to maybe extend it a little bit. And everybody always like asks me, like, ah, did it hurt a lot? And I, I always say, it really just, it's very subjective. Like, what's your, what is your pain tolerance? Because for me, it felt like a kind of steady bee sting, and it was almost sort of like meditational after a while i kind of was able to zone into it and didn't even really hurt at all 
And what I noticed was like when they got to a certain spot, like actually on my chest plate, it felt like it got warm, but it didn't really feel like it hurt more. So there was like areas where it felt kind of different, but it almost got to a point where I was able to just zone into what was happening. And I almost like it just was, it didn't bother me as much as I thought it was going to. But I also think that that kind of depends on your, your pain tolerance. So maybe we're just, no, maybe we're just. No, no, of- no. I think that I do the same thing. I'm very much the same thing. Tattoo guys hate me because like I said so well. Yeah, it's a love-hate relationship because there's a lot of times where we're going the distance, man. I've had some eight-hour tattoos, man. The fuckers, man. Some of them don't like to actually work for eight hours. It's you guys are kind of like that, man. They like the the, the quick ones, you know, the bike, but and so I've actually tapped out a few to get quite. A, I've had tapped out quite a few tattoo guys where they're like, okay. You're a trooper, brother, and I'm just going to have to come back. Dreamer actually said it. I've watched a couple of the podcasts to get me ready for being on your show, and I thought maybe you had a good couple of tattoos, but I mean, you all both of your fucking legs are covered in a good deal of your arms, and then you said your chest, too, so your back, too? No back. Back is still open yet. So the chest chest chest, is the the eagle? The chest is covered. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm covered the shoulder to shoulder to so, up fuck, into dude. the stomach area. Hey, that's uh, actually live streamed my feet. I was actually live live streamed on uh, Instagram while my feet were being done. I actually talked to people and fucking, hey, how you guys doing? Talk oh, yeah. <laughs> to you, brother. That's fucking dope. Like, that's hey, that's a lot of work, and that's funny to me. Like. It is interesting because when you sit well, sometimes artists don't really know what to do with you because, yeah, like if it's a long project, they're like, ah, normally I'd be able to take a break because they can't stand if this guy's chilling here. So I could see that being a kind of a funny roadblock for them to hit. I will be right back. I got to take a leak because I'm a couple shots deep. So got to break the seal at some point. Be right back, guys. Great on. You can return the favor when you get back. <laughs> my name's I hate to tell you Canadian Ken Canadian Jade that uh my name's appears to <laughs> at least what what the one is to be honest with you. That's kind of funny. Uh so how are you guys doing tonight? What are you guys smoking at? Chats kind of slow. I wish I could see uh, Rose's retracted comment. Chat died right down. Jeez, guys. Actually, the foot wasn't that bad. The shin bone, the right on the bones, I like. I like to feel that vibration. It's kind of a tickling feeling. I did, uh, that chest piece is actually very huge. And, uh, see if I can, uh, without, like, well, I can show you without, like, pulling up my shirt. Two, two, two. Uh, what amazing time. Actually, it was done in two weeks. 
from start to finish in three sittings. Um, <laughs> if you can believe that. For a big piece, brother? So this was day one. That was day one. Of the eagle. And then I went back uh, a couple days later, and we went from, what wait, this was the end of day one. My bad. This was the end of day one. But, and then the sun got put behind it next. No, and then um, I went back, and this was the second sitting a couple of weeks later, or about a, seven days later, I went back and had that put in. Yeah, and then again. Sorry. Oh, well, let's see if I can find a here. Trying to find a better pose. This is what he proposed to put on after. This is that day. He want. He's trying to talk me into clouds. I'm like, yeah. no, nah, I ain't putting the fucking clouds on. I ain't feeling the clouds, dude. Nah. So that's just markered in there. That's not. You know, that's actually the way it is. But uh, it isn't, uh, I couldn't tell my, he's like, dude, that's just roughly put in there. That's not with the shading and shit. And you need to finish out the plate. And I'm like, not with clouds. <laughs> I feel the clouds, dude. I feel the clouds. Good executive decision, brother. That's a really nice piece. Very well done. Look, fuck, that's a nice tattoo. And that's a pretty good size, too. Like, that's a big. Damn. That third sitting, I'm not going to lie. I squirmed a little bit in the third, that right between here, you know, because it was barely healed, man. It was like that first day, then it was just barely scabbed over when we went back in fucking the third day. That that was like one, three, ten, done. <laughs> you know, so I, it was barely healed up when we went back in on the tenth day. It was like going right in on a fresh wound. Woo! He said, "He said he, uh, you can see like a little bit of hey, I don't like the sun, but it's a lot of yellows and you know, look yellow, orange, little like a fiery sun." And he was like, "Yeah, I'm done." I'm like, "Cool, cool, I'm good." I like that pain myself. So you think you can hold it down, give some shout outs for a second? Handle your business, brother. I got you. Do your thing. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. Okay. Let's check on the chat. Much love to everybody. 420. Thank you for uh, putting my putting the link to my channel in there. Really appreciate it. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Hope everyone had a great weekend. It is currently 1126 Cali time. If you're on the East Coast, then you're already definitely in the Monday. All right. Mike says, great show, brother. Definitely. Well, you know, I was very humbled. It's always humbling when another content creator hits you up and they're like, yo, 
it would be dope to have you on. And then watching Brother Eagle's channel in getting ready to be on here, it was a trip because I noticed that he deals heavily with the growing community. So like, I, it was neat to be on his channel because I wouldn't normally expect, you know, to be invited anywhere really but like it was neat to be invited onto his channel i'm glad that we were able to do this and i really appreciate you guys tuning in smash that like button i just did i'm glad that uh you were able to do it my friend i mean even though it's a glass glass it, we smoke out of glass that automatically that's part of the community isn't it you smoke it's you smoke out of glass pieces you're a glass collector it qualifies you and you come highly recommended from uh bingus so you know much love to bingus i had a of course follow up on that lead so he and it worked out it's been a great it's been a fun night it's been a fun absolutely night. Right. Drinks, man. Big fun. Good fun. it's always it's so always yes i wash my hands <laughs> It's always been a good time when we have Brother Bengus on the channel. We will, so I'm going to have to return the favor and give you a night without work and have you a guest, have you be a guest on my uh, live stream so we can just chat it up and hang out and, uh, you know, do our thing. Because it would definitely be dope after this experience to have you on, do an insomniac sesh and uh, see, see how long we can go, see how long we can push the audience to hang out with us because, what I like about you, Brother Eagles, is it seems like you are a fellow insomniac. So it doesn't really seem like doing a four-hour, five-hour, six-hour live stream would really be that big of a deal. No, no. It'd be a normal night. We'd have to schedule it to where it was like almost live on both channels. I'd be down for that. I would totally be down for that. But um, yeah, I definitely, it's nice to collab with good folks. So it was definitely a cool, cool. Well, I guess I could do it on a takeover night. I could do it on a takeover night. Every so often, I'm lucky enough that a uh, good friend there, Smiley Scarves, comes on and he does uh, the organic takeover. Uh, once a month, usually, he comes on and it's just all about the organic side of growing. Which the demand's there. It could actually be once a week, and I don't think they'd get tired of it. But, you know, he's got things to do as much like everybody else. So I greatly appreciate, greatly, greatly appreciate the one day I get to learn from, you know, him and get to be on the other side for a change. So maybe one of the days that we have an organic takeover, I can slide over and be an insomniac for for a bit, come back over and do the ride mix them together at that point that would be dope brother and that's that's the cool thing we've already linked up so i've got your info we can totally make it happen sounds fun, sounds fun. there's a couple of, there's a couple of creators right now that are probably like oh that fucker <laughs> i turned a lot of people down i turned a lot of folks down yeah if i'm it's, I'm a funny cat like that. I just, as a content creator, you know, I, I worry. I worry about shit, especially now that I'm on, like, every night. I'm afraid that if uh, I get bouncing on too many shows, that uh, 
it'd be like, I don't know, overdoing it myself, be too much in it. That's another thing too. I never really got out to. That's an, this is one of the biggest reasons I turned down a lot. Is um, I never really got in into this to kind of talk about me. You know what I mean? It was always to kind of spotlight other folks. So when it's flipped around on me and about me, I'm not so quick to be on there. You know, if it's more like a hangout session, I'm more apt to to pop on for a minute say hi or whatever but when i find out it's like oh it's it's on you you're the you're the guest i'm like oh <laughs> man can't you find somebody better i know and somebody other more qualified people to be on it's usually the aspect that they got it is what it is I'm, should be no i definitely i definitely feel that brother and that's why like low-key that's why I came with a couple of questions for you, because it's nice to be able to not always like, hey, let's spotlight this guy. So, no, I totally understand that. And that's why I would like to have you on some night is because I feel like it would just be a continuation of this. We would just chill, hang out, talk about some stuff and blaze and have a good time. And like, seriously, I just... Uh, being a fellow content creator that was the plan was to give you the night off don't have to worry about the chat or anything just come hop on somebody's stream for a little bit and chill it's nice because that's the thing is normally i would be hawkeyeing the uh chat right now i'd be you know gotta think of other things to talk about or another piece to grab but i'm the guest so i'm i'm just hanging out and having a good time it's nice thanks for being able to do that has you know that's one of the reasons I said started setting up the rabbit hole, which I don't know if you've ever caught the rabbit hole. You get invite, you get an invitation now to that. To be honest with you, I usually finish up with that, but the Zoom numbers are the same. And so, <laughs> as we're kind of hinted to in the beginning there, and I'm not rushing, it's just explaining. Let's keep that in mind. A lot of guests don't <laughs> go the full gauntlet. Like I said, it goes usually from 11.30 to 4.20 almost every night. And some nights beyond. There's been a few nights where we went eight, nine, ten o'clock in the morning. <laughs> no. <clears throat> but it's, that's usually it. So when the spotlight guests, and that's <laughs> that's what it all started out to be, just, just the spotlight and then they kind of drew it out, drew it out, drew it out. And it got to be a time that, you know, if the guests don't go that long. So now it's a habit. It's just a habit to go that long. So if the guests don't go that long or there's not a guest, then there's what we call the, ra the rabbit hole. And the rabbit hole is open to only past guests. See, I don't do a free-for-all like a lot of people do. You have to be a past guest to be able to come on and hang out. And so the Zoom numbers are all the same. So any night that you can check out the channel and it says rabbit hole, if you feel free to jump on. You have an open invitation. You don't need me to go, hey, man, come on, or whatever. And so that's, I, that's how I get by from that, doing that right there that you're talking about. Because I hate that. You know, I, I'll do it if need be to live up to the commitment of, you know, filling the time slot. But I don't like to do it. But 
that's where you know people jump in. So hopefully some night you board whatever, look on, see rabbit holes. So and that's most nights, you know, because like I said, not a lot of people make that whole gauntlet. Music stoked when they do because it's kind of relieving that I don't have to cover the extra ground. It's like a shift. It's like a shift at work, brother. I mean, you know, it's a, you got to got to do the talking. You got to be the host. So it definitely there's a lot involved with running a uh, running a stream properly, and I definitely feel that it would. I'm sure that it is nice when you have the company. So like on nights, well, on nights where, okay, I think that you did just explain that, and I'm a couple dabs and shots in. So on the nights where the guests don't make the full gauntlet, you start up the rabbit hole and past guests can come in if they want to, to chill with you. Okay. Yep. That's, that's an awesome setup. So like, say, if you like, say you tapped out right now, and again, I'm not rocking you by any means. So you tap out right now. I would usually take that like a bathroom break, fill up my drink, whatever, fucking come back and fire up the rabbit hole. And that's usually me for a couple minutes, you know, singing, dancing, talking to everybody. And then hopefully most nights I'm lucky enough that Smiley or whoever pops in and, you know, we just start up another conversation and as more people kind of hop in and kind of feeds itself, I would take that down to like 420 or Sometimes, man, it's hard to shut down because right around, you know, three-ish, three thirty, four, is like when I pick up like the other side of the world. That's when the UKers stop start popping in and hanging out, and it's hard to like shut it down when you've got like fucking seventy people hanging out. It's hard to like you know be that guy. All right, everybody, go. <laughs> We're having a good time. Or you gotta go. So. You know, it's, there's a couple of nights for that reason that it's walked on. And it started out to be like an hour, two-hour thing. And then the guests started going longer. And then it started like they were – it started out with like a lot of us that knew each other from the Bros Grow Show and uh, Jack Greenstock and all of them. Boom, Sergeant Pepper, 420 King Trooper. So there's a lot of us that kind of – as they came on, they were talking behind the scenes in the chat. <laughs> yeah, you went a half hour? Ah, I went 45 minutes last night. <laughs> I went fucking two hours. Oh, you dick. Well, I went fucking three hours. And it just kept going on and on and on until it was like a fucking five-hour show. And then at that point, it was like, that's just the thing. <laughs> that's just the thing. <laughs> that was just the thing. I give you credit for how often you do that, brother, because that is a that's a lot of content. So yeah, cheers to the other content creators that run the gauntlet and cheers to Brother Eagle for having this on for everybody. Cause it is it's definitely nice to know that there's a place where you can go to hang out at night. And that was one of the main reasons that I did the insomniac sesh, because there are kind of a lot of people that, you know, they're up late and they smoke and they it'd be nice to have somewhere to go and chill so it definitely fits a niche and there's a there's a lot of i mean just from right here in the what we got in the chat going now like people like to hang out there's a lot of folks that have problems sleeping just like we do 
Well, I think uh, as a whole that uh, cannabis users are pretty much, from gardeners anyway, are introverts. And I, I found from my experience that a lot of us gardeners tend to run our shit at night. There's tons of reasons to run at night. But, yeah, that's... Well, I'm up and, you know, it was from before me, uh, my friend Some Cool kind of held it down like that. You know, he was a late nighter. He'd keep up the live stream, usually till about three. We were hanging out with Sub Cool, and then when he passed, he kind of left a massive, massive void in this community and us that were hanging out in the chats. And big, big shoes to fill, for sure. Huge shoes to fill. Huge shoes to fill. I don't need, that's one thing, too, is, you know, I've had a really lot of really nice compliments, kind of saying that you know you pick you know you picked up the range, whatever. It's really nice to say, but I uh, I, don't, I can't I can can't or could never live in that guy's shoes. He was a huge huge icon and a great dude. And, uh, all I can hope to do is kind of compare. And, uh, that's for sure. That's, I don't want to film. I just want to be. Compared, I guess. I mean, it's an honor just to be compared, not filled. That's what's up, brother. I mean, that's. I want to never to be forgot. <laughs> you got a pretty good thing going, and yeah, I don't think anybody's gonna forget so cool. And even as somebody that doesn't grow, I am very familiar with his name, so I definitely think that he's got a legacy going. He would have did it. I tell you what, if you were alive and I were doing. I can quite promise you he would have been uh, a huge part of this. He would have been the first guest. He would have been a regular part of this. It's not too regular. You know something cool. He might have been here every day. <laughs> hey, man. Nothing wrong with that, though. I don't have much love this long time. He's a great, great dude. Great dude. But, uh, yeah, I do miss that cat. Well, I tried to get him, and he was willing to come on and hang out with us in the, the Michigan Bros Pro Show. He offered a lot of help when I was on that project, just because I was involved with that project. And uh, because he was in Michigan, it kind of got like, still canvas, though. Oh. True. It is what it is. <laughs> so, brother, when I was the the only thing that I was thinking, because I definitely do want to come back for like a rabbit hole, I am going to probably tap out around midnight just because I have not eaten today and I need to make dinner. So I need to make something to eat. <laughs> That's fine. But you may not even have been intended to go this long. You might have been like, I don't know, man. <laughs> this oh, might brother. be an in and outer. So for me, the first thing is like, if, and so to your and my bad because my mind is going to like 10 different places at once when i was watching yesterday your live with wolverine grow he touched on the fact and that's why i totally believe you when you say growers are kind of introverts because that was one of the things that he said is that he doesn't really post too much or he didn't really get too much into social media because he is an introvert he just prefers to kind of do his own thing he keeps a pretty small circle and it's, it's kind of funny because I feel like even outside of the growing community, just 
a lot of us in the 420-710 community are kind of those black sheep sort of introverted folk that kind of keep to ourselves because for the most part this is the socializing that I do like even when we were able to really like go and be in big groups I was never really like a big group kind of guy and I always kind of found more of a community in doing this so um, I myself am a little more kind of to my I kind of keep to myself and I, to- I totally understand that mindset. Totally forget where I was going with that because I'm a little swifty right now. Cass says, what's your favorite tattoo that you have, Eagle? And I'm kind of curious to that myself. Oh, there's too many. Too many to call it a favorite of any one. Uh, I don't know. Okay, so we'll let's let's break it down in sections. Do you have like on your left leg? Is there a favorite out of everything yeah. that's on your left leg? Is there one that is special to you, or is like I really like that one, or nothing like that? The left leg has a lot of amazing art on it. I, I didn't. Funny little side story. The last, the left leg was the last one I started on because uh, I actually thought I would lose that fucker at some point. I had, I've had so many injuries to that left leg. I had, uh, I had a motorcycle foot pad go through the calf of that the motorcycle accident at one point. I chainsawed that knee twice. Oh, with, uh, yeah. And then I had a glass injury that uh, started off where the, the cut across my shin was so deep that you could actually drop a stack of quarters and see the bone. And it had problems healing up to where they had to go in and cut that whole area out and then take a section of skin and spin it. I couldn't even walk on it for eight months I couldn't even bend my foot because it was pulled so taut that if I bent my foot that it was they were afraid it was gonna rip the sea open but that was right there so I couldn't actually even walk on it for eight months and then uh within that surgery that was the last hope because I had had several surgeries on it before that I couldn't figure out what it was wound wouldn't heal up it seeped a clear fluid forever. I had like a wicking thing on there and it would close up. At one point, this would make you fucking squirm. I went in because this was all cash. I said, no insurance, sure. all cash. Fucking, I went in, they wanted to fucking do an in, in uh, office surgery. So I go in and the thought they were going to have is they were going to go around the exterior. So they figured something was up around the edge of the cut that was keeping it from closing. So they went in and basically cut and ripped out hooks. They went in and fucking shot it full of golf ball size, like numbing shit. And then while I'm sitting on the table, fully awake, they went in with emos. You could hear click, 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 and he would rip out fucking ripped out hunks of fucking meat that were all around it in hopes that it was gonna close back up. 
They didn't even think, man. And plastic, plastic surgery, they told me, if this does not work, you may lose this motherfucker. You may have to cut it off. So it was that surgery, like, man. And then after that, man, I've had a couple of fucking injuries on that leg as well. So the other, the right leg, it was well covered before I started uh, under the knee. And then fucking I had it fucking done. It's been fine since I've been really lucky, but the left leg has some really cool art. Man. There's an old man that's like pulling off his face and like shows you can see a beautiful picture of his face, like a hand holding the face, and then you can see the skeleton that's off on the knee. You know, you can see the skeleton behind the face, and then um, there's some really cool faces on the calves on the front and behind the calf. And then uh, I have a, she's fucking really cool. She's like this. And she's kind of looking in and she's got long hair and a stocking cap. And across the stocking cap, it says, fuck it. She's pretty cool on the backside of my leg. And then, uh, and there's just a lot of cool stuff on the left side. On the right side, there's some cool stuff too. And a really tall owl on the inside of my one cap that's really cool tons of uh really good detail on the owl and on the other side of the that leg there's a, a really cool eagle that goes from my ankle to my knee and, uh, i don't know that's well cool. all right one of my I, all right i'll show you one of my favorites is because this one has meaning more than the others Chad, Chad made a good point too, which I totally understand listening to Brother Eagle describe his tattoos. He was like, it's like trying to say, you know, who's your favorite kid, which it makes a lot of sense. Like you don't really have a favorite tattoo. Like they're all very, they're all very special, but okay. I'm stoked, brother. Let's, let's see your favorite. So this one is kind of special to me because it relates directly to my attitude. Now, I hate putting things behind me. I hate regrets. I, you know, sitting and procrastinating and regretting and just wasting time in life is a bitch. And so I'm a big advocate of, you know, trying to live your dreams, be happy. You know, if you can see it, you can do a type attitude. But, uh, and I'm into skulls. I have a big thing about skulls. Skulls remind me. As I look at them, I've got skull rings that I wear, but they're not there to intimidate. They're there for me to remind me because I've lost so, so many people in over the years. And with regret, hard feelings, you know, seeing dreams, you know, shattered, but I've lost a lot of people, a lot of, and so when I see them skulls, they remind me that, uh, life short that I shouldn't be putting off things that I know I should be doing dreams that I want to chase sorries that I know I should say, <laughs> you know, there's, there's regrets behind them. When I see them at skull, it's, it's a constant reminder that dust very, very could come at any time. And it's a reminder of me that I don't want to go with regrets. So with this tattoo, is it's basically a 
a takeoff of what I heard of a Les Brown quote one day. And he was talking about uh, what what's what is one of the richest places in the world. I I, I, I ponder that question for you. Where what is one of the richest places in the world? It's graveyard. Honestly, graveyard. You know how many people, how many great ideas have died with people and that have never been dreams that have been chased, how many great ideas, how many just awesomeness has been lost to the graveyards and many regrets. And basically when he talks about that, he says basically when you're passing, when you're going on to the graveyard, you don't want to be surrounded by your bedside with a bunch of great ideas surrounding you going weird now gonna die with you and you didn't pass along this knowledge your dream that may have changed somebody's life or made yours so much better so the the, the this tattoo is a, a reminder a reminder of a mask that i think that if i put things off and I don't go to the place where I want to go. And I'm kind of stuck in time. I think there's a mask that you'll have to wear. And I believe the mask will look a lot like this. And it's <laughs> basically this one right here. And that's, let's see if I get in on this a little bit tighter without it. It's uh, each one of those skulls right there is uh, uh, I should have. Could have an idea I didn't pursue. I don't want to wear that mask at the end of my journey to the rest of my days. So that one in particular does have some meaning and uh, probably one of my favorites just because it is that constant reminder of uh, not to waste the time. You know, it's kind of cool. But that's uh, one of my favorites. That's fuck, huh? And that's an awesome concept behind it. That's actually so. Yeah, um, one of those. It's it's a reminder, and I I definitely understand that because that it has a lot to do with the piece that I got. So um, reminders are very important, and they definitely hit hard. And when you are wearing them. It means it means a lot. So thank you for sharing that. That was fucking awesome. And that was actually very well done too. That's a dope skull made out of skull. Uh, you guys got a little bit of info on the on me tonight. Fished out by Ted Sinek. We're going deep tonight, baby. You guys wanted an episode. We're bringing it to you. <coughs> Some of y'all didn't even know Brother Eagle was tatted up like that. Yeah. Actually, there's a few that have found it, but there's actually, I used to post uh, a lot more of my tattoo stuff on my Instagram, on my main Instagram. And then as I started doing this and started approaching guests, I was like, man, I don't want to like, you know, some of these guests, when they look down my page, just see me standing there with my fucking 
chest out shit because my tattoos. I'm like, yeah, that's a little unprofessional. So I took uh, I took down a lot of them off that page. Some of them are still up there, and kind of just started. A, it's actually Eagles tats to where all my tattoos are. Not even all of them are on there, but a good portion of them. Good start of them. It came so late in the game, you know what I mean? I did. I just started throwing up some ones I liked. I never started like that. This is all. There's a lot of them that are posted there. Well, that's dope that you did you put a place for them because i think it's cool to be able to share especially art that you wear um because the way that i feel about it there's there's really two types of people that get tattoos there's the types of people that they just want to fill up space and then there's the kind of people that they're trying to tell a story with their skin and you know when you meet those kind of people there is like the that tattoo that you showed us had a very intricate story attached to it. And I would imagine that if we went through a lot of your other tattoos, that's a very, it's kind of like a thread. I bet most of your tattoos have a story and or some very deep meaning, which is why you carved it onto your skin. Like they're things that we like tenets and morals that, that you know, especially reminders, but they are a big deal and I think that that's really cool like that you would share that because I from one and that's the thing is I only have one piece but from someone that has a tattoo that I think I put a lot of meaning into like that the person that designed this tattoo it was a friend of mine for years and years and years and I sat with him for a couple of hours and I was like dude I want you to design the first tattoo that you know I ever get and so like it there's, you know, they're special and it's, it's cool. So that's dope. I think that you should share, brother. And um, I definitely appreciate you sharing that with us tonight. I can't believe you fished it out of me. <laughs> can't believe you fished it out of me. Seemed to come too easy too. <laughs> Good company, man. Good company. I think it's time to take another dab. And I'll take one out of this guy. We'll switch it up a little bit use something different and then uh we'll break out another oh you know what i'll sh so before i check out we'll take one more dab because yeah i need to make myself something to eat by the eagle um yeah I'll, I'll keep take dabbing one. on an empty stomach you get it fucking crazy bro <laughs> but i'm gonna take one more dab with you guys and then i'm gonna break out marbles and i will show you the actual the largest custom piece that i have it's actually a really neat piece i i really enjoy using it it's just crazy because i've never before i had that piece i never had to worry about if someone came to the house and they saw something they're like that's dope i want to take a dab out of that be like cool let me put some water in it let's fucking fire it up take a dab when i got this piece brother eagle it's so fucking big I have to put water in it, and if someone wants to hit it, I have to have them dry hit it so that I can see if they can even make it function properly. So it's a, it's a biggie, and it's a, it's a dope piece, but, I mean, fuck, it's kind of gnarly to have a piece that you need to, like, put a disclaimer out with before you give it to somebody. All right, I'm going to shut up, put this on mute for just a second. Brother Eagle, thank you again for having me on your channel. It's been a pleasure hanging out with you tonight, and I look forward to joining you on the rabbit hole sometime. 
Oh man, I can't wait. Thank you, my friend. It's been awesome, man. This was definitely a really, really good fucking first meeting <laughs> because there's definitely other ways that a first meeting could go. So, like, it was awesome to be able to hang out with you. Like, didn't even really get to like because the the only other times that I would go live with people or if I was like a spotlight with somebody, they would always say, hey, these are the questions that I'm going to ask you. This has been one of the most organic ones that I've, I've been able to be a part of. And that's what I like, because that's the kind of stuff that I try and do on my channel. Just come on, hang out, let's fucking talk and chill. So this has been awesome. And it's nice to take a night off and not to have to be the host either. So it's dope to join somebody on their channel and, you know, see, see what you guys are all about. I think it's funny because you can attest to this. It's like, uh, he tried to tell me a little bit of his story uh, the other day. And I was like, shh, stop. Don't say nothing. I'll see you Sunday. <laughs> yep. 420 says it's just shoot the shit, dead cynic. Exactly. And that's what I love. Like, that's the best. That's when you get the best conversations is when you're not, oh, it's interview. It's just, hey, let's hang out and fucking chill. Like that's that's when you get the best content. That's when you get the most honest conversations. So I really, I definitely enjoyed being on here, brother. Thank you again. I appreciate that. I want it to be fun. You know, I mean, just a lot of people that I interview too, it's like when I see somebody that I want to get on, and they carry on a drum that they usually be. And this is a little, guess, a little piece of advice for more content to another. That, uh, <coughs> I get somebody on like that that usually is known for something. You know, and they talk about that all the time. And they probably think that's why they're coming on. I usually try to steer away from that because it becomes so monotonous for a lot of guests that, you know, you can see it's almost lifeless. It's almost like it's reading a book. They just, oh, you got me. You're just for this. Okay, blah, blah, blah. But then you get them on, and you're like, hey, man, what'd you do yesterday? And they're like, wait a minute. You don't want to fucking talk about, yeah, if you want, but let's fucking have some fun and shit. That's... Then after, you know, after they kind of let down the car and they started to have fun, and then you bring back, you know, kind of what they they do you know then they're kind of excited you know it isn't the monotonous spiel you used to get a little something deeper extra on it because now they're they're having fun telling the story <laughs> i was sold with the title brother fucking talking shit with eagle i could do that that sounds like my kind of people right there i was like i am down for that stream That's another thing, too. I've gotten that a few times, too. I like the title. <laughs> I was very, in the beginning, very leery about it because I liked it. I, I'm, I, I swear quite a bit anyway, but the fuck kind of draws you in. And then, you know, basically, what are you doing? Talk shit. Having some fun, talk shit. What you, what, you know, what have you been doing all day? Talk shit with the fuzz, man. Having some fun. But uh, in the beginning, when I started reaching out to some of the guests there, uh, like some of the bigger guests, 
that I was reaching out to, they were like, there's one, hopefully, hopefully he's watching. I'm not going to say who he was, but he was connected. And I was like, so you can come on the show? And he's like, hey, I don't think I can be on the show that has fucking shit in the title. So when they go searching out me and my product, uh, you know, that's what comes up. Well, dude, we're your people. <laughs> we're your people. We're your fucking market. You know what I mean? It's and then as time went on and bigger and bigger names came started coming on, he was like, "Well, maybe." <laughs> That's a fucking badass rig right there. <laughs> but long story short, that. Uh, that encounter had me second guessing the show title for the longest time. Had me wondering if it was the right thing or not. I'm glad I didn't change it. It's a perfect title, don't you? Yeah, nobody fucking talking shit with Eagle. It's the best. That's fucking hell of a dab right there. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Although you just about gave me a great sound bite right there. I'm going to ask you for one anyway. Uh, and you know, oh, it's 2.93. In the beginning of the show, I said 2.92. What an ass. What an ass. Can't go back and edit that out. <laughs> That's one thing that sucks about being live right there. You fuck up. It's just there. Kind of just make a joke of it. <laughs> but basically, I, what I'm looking for is uh, the old soundbite advertisement. I need to post about 10,000 of them. But you know, I've, I've thought about as of late, the, the lazier I get with posting some of these soundbites, the better. Because by the time I get around to posting them up, then people will see them and go, oh, yeah. I did miss that episode. You go back and, you know, rewatch some of the old, you know, older episodes and shit. So it kind of makes sense to put it a little bit to lay. But that's what it'll be. It's basically a commercial episode for uh, commercial for this episode. So this is basically dead plenty what I'm looking for. In my words, not yours. You can embellish to whatever the hell you want with it. This is what I'm looking for. Basically, hi, this is Eagle, and I'm on fucking talking shit with Eagle episode 293. And you can fucking say anything after it, before it, whatever. You can just not say it at all if you don't want to. <laughs> that's so it was, and that's the thing, brother. We're on, we're on episode 293. Yeah, it is actually 293. Okay, I got you. Uh, so any time doesn't matter. Yep, I am currently right. recording this part of the show. All right, here we go. What's going on, everybody? It's Dead Cynic here. You're on fucking talking shit with Eagle with my brother Eagle Gardens. Come check it out. Come hang out. See us do our thing. Yeah, perfect. Perfect. Thank you very much, man. I appreciate you popping on and making time to hang out. Time's very valuable. I can't repay you for the time. Well, I guess I can repay you by coming back on and helping you out with your program. 
again, Absolutely. remind us uh, when we can be looking for it and remind us of the channel name and all that good stuff where we can find you. Shout out to probably Vegas and whoever, anybody else you want to give a shout out to. Now's a very good time for that. Yes, much love to Brother Bingus for making this collab happen. If you guys would like to see more of my glass collection or just check out my YouTube channel, I try and do educational stuff where we walk through, are you looking for a rig? Let me show you what 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 to look for when you're doing it. Um, just a whole bunch of other stuff. We also do things similar to what Brother Eagle does with live streams where we just hang out and have a good time. So basically on Instagram, here on YouTube, you can find me just by typing my name right into the search bar, Dead Cynic, and I will pop up. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us tonight. Brother Eagle, thank you again so much for having me on your channel, brother. Again, I look forward to uh, chilling with you on the rabbit hole. I got to go make myself some pork fried rice. Damn it, I've got my mic on. Even after you eat, you know, because uh, we will be firing up the rabbit hole, you know, if you want to pop back on after you eat smoke out and finish it out man, that's cool too but uh the numbers are uh it is an open invitation i'm not committing you to coming back out by any means if you get eaten and you want to fucking do whatever you do whatever but the opening the invitation is there and the numbers are always the same so that zoom, that zoom invitation is always good you don't need another awesome. number another invitation so thank you for coming on and i greatly appreciate it much love to everybody and uh fuck yeah hopefully i'll see everybody soon all right thank you i'm gonna go ahead and say goodbye thank you guys very much for hanging out tonight man it's been a good another great night man it's been a great weekend all in all fucking dead cynic, dead cynic here to finish out amazing weekend with Mendo dope wolverine rolled and of course now this great sunday thank you guys for hanging out i greatly appreciate it i have so much fun hanging out with you guys night after night for sure for sure but if you're not going to come back and hang out with the rabbit hole here in a few minutes hey seriously i understand i can only ask or hope you hang out for so much can be greedy with your guys' time. So, you know, guys, don't come back and hang out. It's all good. Just kind of come back and hang out another night. Tomorrow is a rabbit hole, open open mic night, if you will. Mondays, we kind of honor the late night sesh. We're over there with uh, Brad and Skillball. They're on over there at 11 o'clock. So I usually check in on Mondays around 12, 31 o'clock, kind of big depending on what's going on over there. But 1 o'clock at the latest on Monday nights is a rabbit hole, a dedicated rabbit hole Monday nights. So come hang out tomorrow if you don't want to come hang out tonight in the rabbit hole. Greatly appreciate it. So that does do it. I'm going to get up and get something to drink, stretch my legs for about five minutes, and then I will be back here to finish out the night and hang out with you guys. I'll see you in the rabbit hole. You guys know the deal. Do something nice for somebody. Random acts of kindness do save lives.